following program has adult language and potential spoilers. Listener be advised. I've got a problem. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. See a shrink. It's a little bit more complicated than that. Bruce, trust me when I tell you I've heard them all. Not this one. Marvel Superheroes Podcast. I'm Diablo Frank, and with me are Illegal Machine and Senor Frank. No, wait, my bad. How did I say my name wrong? Senor, fix it. Yeah, this is gonna go well. Yeah. Oh, this is just got. It, it, it's gonna it, be. It, we're already starting on the right foot, dude. Dude, that fucking con was brutal on me, dude. I'm fucking hurting still. Okay. So, which is part of the reason why we're starting on this kind of early, in terms of we're gonna actually record the 10th anniversary edition coverage of the Incredible Hulk, the second film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, starring Ed Norton, Liv Tyler, and William Hurt, uh, and and Tim Roth. Thank you. Okay. Respect. Despite the intention of heralding our characters, Iron Man, Captain America, and the Incredible Hulk. We don't often get around to talking about the core characters that we champion, that we love, that we wear the t-shirts for and shit. One of the last times we did any kind of real deep dive talking about the Hulk was in some of our earliest episodes with awful audio that nobody's probably wanting to listen to anymore. So real quick, I think we should kind of talk a little bit about our backgrounds with the Hulk. And we should definitely start with Mr. Fix-It before he gets tired and falls asleep. I've watched the Hulk since like the 80s when the original Hulk cartoon came out. And I found the second Hulk cartoon because he was the second. Oh, actually, actually, yeah, no, you're right. Okay, so my introduction to the Hulk was at my grandmother's house in her washroom where they had all this shit stored. I found a stack of comics, which a majority of them were Incredible Hulk team-up books or actual Incredible Hulk books. And those were probably the first comic books I remember reading at the time. And then from there, I went to G.I. Joe and everything else. But I started out with Hulk comics. And I actually still own the first one that I found at my grandma that apparently belonged to my uncles because my uncles read comic books. And my grandmother was a little bit of a pack rat and she she wouldn't let them throw anything because i mean they're poor man if you spend money on it it's like you're not throwing that shit away and i just remember we had to go back there and i think get out like christmas lights or some shit like that i was oh man i'm a, i was super young and there was a stack of books and national geographics and like stuff like that and i remember seeing these comics i'm like oh comic and this is how old they were. they were covered in dirt like grime and stuff and i had to clean them off and i just started reading them and i was just like holy shit the hulk is awesome and then of course the cartoon was on but at that time i think bill bixby's incredible hulk was on and i watched it but i didn't i didn't piece together that there was a comic book on that yet we watched it because i was just tv um, so it was more like a jekyll and hyde monster thing for yeah you, rather than a superhero thing yeah i think i believe so i remember watching the bill bixby the tv show i remember seeing the cartoons but those were stuff like you caught just by luck on tv it wasn't something like they showed on a regular basis i don't you know about the marvel superheroes cartoons yeah okay because i remember so, so this is before they started the 82 or so this was TV about show? yeah because i remember because that's when yeah that's when spider-man and his friends that you would see spidey and yeah, then, then I think in the second season they added, made it an hour with the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, with Incredible Hulk. Yeah. That's when I was fucking hooked. Like, I love the Hulk Great, after that. great opening on that one, too. Yeah, I still, I, shit, I have it on my YouTube's favorites. I watch it every once in a while. It's a great intro song. Always been a great intro song. How about you? TV show. That was your introduction to the character, though. Did you ever progress from there? TV show, little comic book. Just a little bit of comic book reading, that's it? Yeah. And he's appeared in, like, he appears in other people's comics, so you see the Hulk in those books and that kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
And then for me, uh, the Hulk, again, it's one of those things where he was always there. Whenever I bought Marvel Comics or had Marvel Comics given to me, he was always heavily merchandised because, you know, it was in the era of the TV show, for instance. So he's going to be on the Slurpee Cups. Yeah. The Mego action figure. They had I had the Pocket Heroes Hulk back in the day. I don't even know if you remember. Pocket Heroes was Mego's answer to Star Wars where they converted the heroes to the three and three quarters format. And, I, hell, I had a bootleg Hulk toy that was made out of metal. Uh, no, I, th- that was, I think that was a Mego as well. Is it? That was a bootleg. Like, I think the that, metal one. I think the, they had his body yeah, was metal. I think they did a die cast line. I think Spider Man also got. Oh, okay, that cool. Line, I, oh, I, know that was Mego. I think he was missing a leg, but I had a broke ass Mego Hulk that I bought at the flea market. I Didn't they make a Lance Armstrong version of him as well? They did. Yeah, they did I stretch. remember that. I remember that. Yeah. Hey, would you just say a Lance Armstrong? Sorry, Stretch Armstrong. Stretch, stretch Armstrong. Armstrong. What, did his balls inflate or deflate? <laughs> what happened to that? Uh, did it, it came with a Cheryl Crow two pack? <laughs> <laughs> Frank agreed with me, damn it, so he, he remembered the name as well. This well, was Stretch Armstrong. Stretch. Techni- technically, Although I guess bicycling is a sport, te- so... Technically, Lance Armstrong was irradiated <laughs> and did appear to get some sort of superpowers from him. From, from, uh, the parallels of- between Bruce Banner and, and Lance Armstrong are uh, negligible. Yeah. Well, real quick, I did watch all the TV movies, and I did watch The Death of the Incredible Hulk. Sure, me too. Do you remember how he died? Yes, he fell from a he helicopter. fell from a helicopter, yeah. man. Yeah. I remember that shit. Yeah. I mean, I watched the, They would run... And I was like, that was fucking dumb <laughs> no I, my favorite was uh when thor showed up no that was amazing thor showed up really i thought that was just like yeah i, I preferred the daredevil one in part because really? i always preferred daredevil the daredevil one was cool yeah too. And, and because uh the dude from raiders of the lost ark played kingpin and i thought he was fairly decent so i don't remember the I, I just think i remember liking it as a kid yeah tonally daredevil just worked better where it was really obvious that they're they kind of did a generic thor and then the fact that they'd split thor into two different people and one of them was the mousy nerd guy that was like yeah. a sidekick it's like you've already lost me and I, and, I, and I wasn't a get for Thor to begin with but if you're gonna fuck up a character I'm not even that into I'm really not down for it so nah <laughs> nah but uh yeah I watched all the movies because that was back in the days when they didn't make comic book shit and so we watched every goddamn thing that had anything to do with comic books I remember because that. it was our duty it was only you know they'd make like a TV if they made a TV movie that's like the only superhero TV movie they made that year it wasn't some awful we created it for TV bullshit like Captain Nicer whatever that shit was that had the kid from Stand By Me in it or just, you know, it was always bad stuff. But yeah, the Hulk was a character that I, I hated as a kid because you could you always got stuck with his comics in the trades and his comics were always, the, you're in a desert, the military are coming after him and they're having a big fight and there'd often be some stupid looking monster thing that the Hulk would be fighting as well. Leave me alone! And then he'd go off somewhere in the woods and he'd turn back into Banner and that's like every goddamn Hulk comic I read as a kid. So As much as I want to argue with you, you are correct, sir. Yeah. And it wasn't until the Peter David run and, and that's when I became a fan and what I re- in reflection part of what made me a fan obviously was I just really enjoyed Peter David's writing and the artwork they had on the book and I enjoyed that a lot more than I liked the Hulk because I don't know that Peter David wrote the many Hulk stories he wrote a lot of great stories involving the Hulk but I don't know that he necessarily wrote a lot of great Hulk stories oh he absolutely did he, he wrote some for sure but he was Countdown was fantastic okay yeah, yeah. The, the, my, the persona which I play off of Joe Fixit's character was fantastic it, it, but, it, but is Joe Fixit the Hulk though like, it's like, one of his personas but it was, that's, like, like, that's but, the thing I love about the, the Hulk is you have they've literally hinted that there's multiple Hulks in there like every it's like 
like every part of your personality is somewhat embodied itself. So he has the fix it, which is about darker half. You have the, the raging Hulk that gets stronger. You have the smart Hulk. And then apparently there's a Hulk in there that they're all scared of. That's like the berserker crack the earth type guy that they keep hidden away. I've, I've always liked that because you don't like most characters you get bored. Like Batman is always just going to be fucking Batman. Superman's always going to be spa- uh, Superman. Uh, Wolverine is always going to be fucking Wolverine. They're, they're not going to change Hulk. You get a new incarnation if you want. Like, okay, we did right, a bunch right, of these. His, Let's do a fix the it. point is that was never a thing until Peter David took over. No, it wasn't. Now, I know yeah, Peter David was, absolutely so, created so it. So did, did Peter David write the Hulk or did he basically create a new character? No, he, I, he, he helped the Hulk evolve into something more than just in the sand, fighting the military, beating up a big bad monster of the week. No, so Peter David, cause I remember you, I was reading the Hulk and I, I noticed the shift and in, in the writing and the tone. Cause I went from, wow, that's pretty good to like, I mean, he went to the fucking microverse at one point, you know, the, I can't remember the yeah, name. Jarella. Yeah, Jarella. Yeah. 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 That, that shit. Of course now, Jeff Purvis's artwork was amazing. And then you had Mike Mignola doing well, I mean, covers. He, he, he met Jarella back in the seventies. I remember correctly. Cause I Did used he? to have a, a they, the Marvel superheroes was a reprint series. Uh, it was basically Hulk's version of Marvel tales, which reprinted all the Spider-Man comics. And one of those comics that I was railing against was one of the, a reprint of one of the Jarella stories from no. probably the sixties or seventies. So she goes back a ways, but they did revisit Jarella during the Peter David Jeff Purvey's run. And that was a fun, that was, uh, that was a cool run. I mean, they've, they've just done so much with the Hulk that even Greg Pak's done some good stuff with it. I mean, there's only maybe one time period that I, I really was turned off by the Hulk. That was when, uh, what's his name? Jones, Bruce Jones. Yeah. Mr. Blue and doing like X-Files type shit. Yeah. That shit was horrible. I, I was, uh, Paquita and I were watching the Universal Hulk movie earlier today and she was asking me, you know, what was the same as the comics? What was different? And I explained to her that the Hulk was one of the very first Marvel characters. One of the first series came out, I think, in like 63 is what I told her or thereabouts. And it was also like the first Marvel failure. Because it got six issues out and they canceled that shit. It wasn't working. The Hulk, as shown in those books, it was much different from the Hulk that would evolve from it later on. I explained that, you know, a few years, a little while after the book was canceled, they dumped him into an anthology book with Submariner that eventually caught on enough to where he was able to take over the anthology and Submariner got spun off into his own book, in part because Marvel was just expanding in general. Marvel was doing well and kind of carried the Hulk. But the Hulk was always kind of a failure to a large degree. He was a guy who was never really as popular kind of again uh, not to disparage your character but Iron Man was kind of like that where this guy that never it's okay I won quite, yeah okay, well, I've you won, won yeah so uh, talk but about for it years and years Iron Man was this guy that was sort of like a vestigial part of Marvel because he was there at the early days very beginning he did well enough he was able to survive for years and years and he had a loyal fan base that kept it going but wasn't really that big of a success with the Hulk he had the TV show and that helped make the comics do well for a number of years but once the TV show was gone he was kind of back in the shit where nobody wanted to deal with him he was the book that people got thrust upon them rather than actively pursued. Nobody wanted to do the Hulk until Peter David finally got it. The only reason why Peter David got it was because he was the fucking sales guy that nobody liked, that nobody wanted to give work to, but nobody wanted to fucking do the Hulk anymore, so they fucking gave it to him finally to, just to get the fucking book out. But what I was talking with Paquita about is what makes Hulk interesting to me, more interesting than say Spider-Man, is Spider-Man was a success. And once you figured out what makes Spider-Man work and why he's somebody that people enjoy, you just keep giving him that same shit, variation of that same shit over over and over again for 50, 60 fucking years. And, and you can't stop. And you can't stop because yeah, you're going to piss you, people off. It's, it's McDonald. It's you, you know what you're going to get. There's always going to be a base number of people that's going to want that. If you do it particularly well, if you come out with the McRib, then you're going to get a few extra people coming in for that shit. But as long as you're doing your McDonald's numbers, you don't really have to go out inside of your comfort zone. You just stay right in there. And the Hulk was a failure from jump. Wait, wait. And he's, and is, he's Mile a, Moral, is Miles Morales the McRib? <laughs> What's the McRib? Now I want to, I want to assign, I, I'm not, I want to go, I want to go through the entire McDonald's menu and assign 
sign a Spider-Man character. <laughs> Spider-Man character or artist or writer? No, 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 character. No. We introduced the McRib. No, I'm not going through that. The Hulk is more interesting to me in terms of wanting to read his book because I, I haven't read Spider-Man books in ages because I just don't care. He's always going to be the thing that he is now with slight variations. But because the Hulk was a failure early on and he's been a failure many times throughout his run, I find failures more interesting than successes because failures force you, challenge you to figure out a way of making them work. And oftentimes you, the way that you figure out to make it work at one point in time doesn't work going forward because it may just be capturing an element of the zeitgeist that it can't be maintained. So the Hulk has had uh, a lot of interesting runs and you never know necessarily what you're going to get with the Hulk and that's one of the things that's great about the character and was great about Peter David's run. And I also just want to say that Peter David had one of the most badass runs of artists ever. And I know oh, we mentioned yeah. this on our podcast but he went from McFarlane to Purvis to Keown to Gary Frank to Angel Medina to no, Angel Larson. Medina wasn't he a great Eric Larson did a little bit of work there too. He worked on the Hulk. It was well, he went McFarlane, Larson, Purvey. Larson did not have a fucking run, dude. He, he had, did, had like, a few books. He did a few books. He, he did not have a fucking run. That does not fucking count. Fill-ins, count a few fill-ins does not count as a I run. I count it because that's a great cover. Okay. Oh, well, I'm so glad oh. he did that one great cover. He, he counts as a run based on a great cover. Awesome. Anyway, and then after uh, Angel Medina, it was uh, Mike, uh, Mike Diodato Jr. Mike Diodato Jr. Did it. Jr. Right? He got uh, one of the Kuber brothers did it. That's right. He Kuber, did a pretty good sorry. Run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, no, I, which is just a crazy stretch of great fucking artists. It, it's comparable to what Kenny X-Men had back in the day yeah, where they just went from one, one great artist to another great artist. Not all the same artists. They were all uh, a lot of variances, a lot of differences. To- totally different. I mean, uh, you, you but, have to key on a Frank or, you know, or pretty close. But but to go from McFarlane to Purvey, Purvis, or we're going to say yeah. his name. Well, the, and the thing, that tr- let's acknowledge, as much as we may enjoy his artwork, that guy never broke out or anything. No, no, like no, 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 no. But, but he, I don't think, he, no, I gotcha. But, but, I, but he wasn't a, I mean, I don't, I don't know, maybe you could argue he was, but he wasn't like we put fucking George Tusco in your book for no. several years. You know what I mean? No, shout out George Tusco. I apologize. But you know what I mean? Like, they yeah. didn't throw one of the, 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 ugh, guy, we gotta find someone to put this guy kind of artist. Yeah. That's, that's all I'm trying to say. Great run. Great run. And again, a, a Dale Keown to Gary Frank back to back is fucking just outrageous for the incredible fucking hulk who cares about the hulk well because he was hot back in the I, 90s he got yeah. fucking hot, yeah, he had, he got hot. But, but he but but he wasn't an x book and yeah. he was getting these freaking crazy artists i mean this was insane or spider-man who was who was mark bagley during uh, that era i mean who, who no, was, no no i mean he he had similar thing that, that there's an instance where you went from mcfarlane to eric larson to um mark bagley and you know bagley definitely had that nice mix of steve ditko and john Romita senior that was a Great Spider-Man artist. But that was also, Bagley came on around the time that the image exodus was going to happen anyway. So you definitely had a shift in what kind of styles any of the Marvel books had because they lost so many of their A-list artists. So actually, yeah, it's kind of funny because if you think about it, Spider-Man had kind of a more of a truncated run in terms of hot artists because while he may have had McFarlane for longer and and at at his career peak, uh, same would arguably be true with uh, Eric Larson. But then you've got Bagley who's great, solid, but he, he was never superstar million copy selling kind of artist so yeah I to, to agree Igor Hulk had a much stronger run of hot artists to buoy him wild man sorry just wanted to shout that out yeah because I've always thought that was super fascinating yeah oh even uh, uh well that and uh, D- uh, Doug Monkey didn't he even no 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 who am I thinking no, of? Who, no Doug wait, wait, Monkey wait. did uh, Martian who, Manhunter who am I thinking of who no thinking he did like an issue of Martian Manhunter what are you talking well, about well he did well that's uh, a run according major to major bummer but um, <laughs> no no no, no. Who, who's uh, who's the other dude uh, 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 um, John, Ron Garney 
No, no, no. He did that awesome fucking swamp, the swamp thing issue too. Oh, uh, Liam Sharp. Liam Sharp yes. also had Liam a short Sharp, run on there Liam too. Liam Sharp was between Keown and, uh, uh, oh no, sorry, between Gary Frank and Angel Wayne. Liam Sharp. It was a short run, awesome. but it was, it was awesome. Yes. It was a gorgeous looking book. And actually that was some of the more incredible hulky, incredible Hulk stuff that Peter David did too. Cause you had the monsters back. His, you had Betty, that his Betty Banner was salacious. Salacious. <laughs> yes. yeah. We've never seen anything even close to your levels of exposure. That you survived an event like that, it's beyond my comprehension. I don't want to control it. I want to get rid of it. As far as I'm concerned, that man's whole body is property of the U.S. Army. They want it as a weapon. If we let it go, we will never get it back. There's only one thing that can fight that. It's in me. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. So having established our bona fides with comics, let's talk about the movie. The Marvel Cinematic Universe was just getting started. It really wasn't even a thing yet. I mean, they they made a point when they were promoting The Incredible Hulk of connecting it to Iron Man because the buzz of Incredible Hulk wasn't great. That there was already a, 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 people were aware of a lot of behind the scenes drama. Edward Norton uh, and, was and a lot of and a lot of people promote the movie because or he, Marvel refused. Well, to he, have they it. didn't let him have his cut of the movie. He was right. really pissed off. He yeah. wanted he wanted to recut the movie. They wouldn't let him. I always kind of wondered what his cut would be like too. And Everybody hate him. Yeah, they said he's very difficult to work with. I remember that uh, was in a ninety-seven five the buzz or ninety-seven nine or whatever. No, ninety-four five the buzz here in Houston. They were interviewing Liv Tyler and they asked her about Ed Norton because I think it was Rod Ryan show whatever, and she was just like, uh, and like really standoffish about the rumors about her and yeah, and, and him Liv on Tyler the set. Comes off as a real sweet kind of person, like yeah. somebody who'd be like real like easy to get on with. Very mother. They were all mothering. like very backhanded. Like he's just he really cares. about about the you know the movie he's, and that, like the, all the things I've read about him, they said he gets very intense, especially when he's either help I, she directing or writing or something. He's very intense on set or yeah. something like that. But it was sound like oh, she's basically confirming that yes, they none of them like him. And wow, what were we saying? Live Tyler. Yeah, continue. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, he did the same thing with American History X, where he basically pushed out the director. And the, the movie that came out was his final cut. Oh, really? The director disowned the cut of the movie. He, he, he. I wonder if he was a dick on, uh, Fight Club. Or was that just too much I, big I, dicks I around to rally him? I think he could be a dick to David Fincher. I yeah. think that he could out dick most people out there. You and, know, and, you are, and you already had, like, the most gorgeous man on earth at the time, Brad Pitt, walking around said, and you can't really be a dick to him because the dude literally just drops pussy as he walked out of the room. So, yeah. I just always wonder, because like I said, the two things I've said, seen about him, they both said he was not a difficult person to work with, but very intense. Uh, and he took his he took his craft very serious. Well, and this was back too when Marvel didn't know what they were doing. So just True. like just like with the whole was Feige thing. part of this series? Huh? Did Feige Feige was still around? I mean, he was yeah, he introduced he around. The, he, he's, he was there when they were forming Marvel Studios, where they were putting that shit together. Max even talked about that, where he'd read up on that and how they'd brought him in. That's when they kind of started to finally get traction around 06 or so. So he was definitely there, but they still didn't know what the hell they were doing. Yeah. In the case of Iron Man, it was fucked up by they gave a ton of money to Terrence. Howard and then ended up dropping him for the second movie because they didn't want to pay him and that kind of shit. And then with this one is because they let Ed Norton help write it. Uh, he 
basically sort of helped direct it. You know, he got, he got a lot of bad press related to the movie. He ultimately didn't promote the movie. Yeah, he, he was the second actor to officially be dropped from the Marvel Cinematic Universe and no longer continue to play his role because it happened to Terrence Howard first and then Ed Norton since he wouldn't appear again until the Avengers movie. So I think that he was already not in contention to play the part again before the movie even came out. But since he wasn't called upon, he would technically be the second person who wasn't brought back for a sequel. I enjoy Ed Norton as an actor. I've really enjoyed many of his movies, very much including American History X, probably my favorite of his movies. I, I like about two thirds of Fight Club, as we've discussed in the past, and we'll probably Bastard. discuss some other point. I think, we, I think we have to do a Fight Club. Podcast. We're going. To, we're totally going to do a Fight. We don't club talk about Fight Club except when we talk about Fight Club. But uh, I don't talk about it because I think it's a shit movie. Yeah. Continue, right. douchebag. Uh, but I, I like Ed Norton. I, I don't. I think he was well cast as Bruce Banner. Really? Yeah, reasonably well cast. But I didn't show up for the movie because there wasn't a Marvel Cinematic Universe yet. Because the buzz wasn't super great on the movie. I mean, they made a point of taking the Stinger, which was such a thrill on Iron Man, and they put it in the actual trailers for The Incredible Hulk. It's like, look, Iron Man's in this movie. Please come see our movie. It didn't work that great. The Incredible Hulk made the same amount of money as the Universal Hulk movie. With bigger names in it. With bigger names in and it. And a lead-off with uh, well, no, But you gotta remember, Ang and, and Lee directed yeah. the Hulk, which everyone was like, oh, it's going to be. It's cerebral. Everybody and- thought that Hulk was going to be the next Spider-Man, and then it wasn't. And then they made The Incredible Hulk, and a lot, I think there was a lot of confusion about whether or not this was a direct yeah. sequel to the Ang Lee movie, which was not well-received. So I think that hurt. You did not have the Marvel Cinematic Universe yet. I think that Ed Norton was already past the point of carrying movies anymore. I don't think Liv Tyler was carrying movies what? in 2008. Uh, did Ed, does Ed Norton carry movies? No, he did not anymore. I, I, I don't think, did he ever carry movies? Uh, I think he was always well, a re- well-respected actor. I don't think he ever carried movies. They, yeah, is there any, made, is there a point. He, I, he I can't think of any movie where he was, he was like Tom the lead. Cruise. No, he's been, he's been the lead in a bunch of movies, but I'm trying to think of like when he actually had like a success was like a crossover. Yeah. Because he did rom-coms, he did dramas, um, he did ensembles, but you're making a good point. As much as I liked Ed Norton, there weren't a lot of movies where he was actually I mean, like big success. Well, he's, he's not even he's not even American History Bro, he does carry that movie. He's not even Matt Damon. Matt Damon's got a couple franchises. No, yeah, Matt Damon was huge. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, even even back then, Matt Damon was huge. Where I think they, before that, he'd done like the Twenty Fifth Hour with Spike Lee, which was a good movie. But I don't know that. I mean, he he I think he makes good movies. The only movie I can I think of that he doesn't make money to where he's going to draw a big audience. That oh, I, I mean, American History X. I, I saw it. That's the one. Yeah, it's the only one I can think of. I don't think that was a big financial success. It was a critical success, and I think it found an audience on video. I don't think it made any money in the theater. Yeah, I think American History X went a little more like cult favorite sort of. Because I still, I remember I watched it with you, Frank, and oh yeah, you were like, oh, you got to watch this movie. I watched, I'm like, holy shit! No, no, you watched it before I did. Did I? Yes, I thought I saw it with you. I I remember because that was one of those instances where you either were watching it on DVD or you had cable at that time, and we watched a bit of it, and then you basically said, okay, I said that I wanted to watch it from the beginning, and you're like, okay, we we, we'll stop now so you can watch from the beginning, or else you're going to have something spoiled for you. Yeah, probably right before a key moment in that movie, so that I I didn't have spoiled for you. I'm grateful for that. Someone else had told me to watch watch it, and I watched it, and I was just blown away by it. I remember thinking it was really good. Yeah, it's an incredible movie, yeah. Yeah. And the same thing happened with American Beauty, is is you rushed me out before I got spoiled in that movie, too. We were watching. So then you're saying I'm not a spoiler. In those two instances, you actually protected me against spoiling. So So I'm not a spoiler. I wanted to recognize. I wanted to recognize. proves the rule. I wanted to recognize that this is on tape. You know what's funny though is that Fryhole called you out, Economic Palooza, because you spoiled some shit for him too. And I'm like, oh, he does this to everyone he knows. God of War 4, I told him the secret in and he fucking lost it. <laughs> 
I was, it was so, oh yeah. Cause it was just funny cause you were all like, oh yeah, I'm gonna say something about, I don't know if it was about solo or something. And then he just offhand, Fry was like, yeah, like you oh, no, fucking no. spoiled God of War no, for me. And I was no, like, no, no, oh, no, 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 no. You don't friends. understand. I had done it earlier that day and he said, when I run into Frank or Mac, I am absolutely telling them you fucking spoiled something. I said, I didn't spoil it. And we had a big 10 minute argument about whether I spoiled it or not. And he made, he made it his mission that if he saw you, he was going to tell you. Even if it was just a he random forgot. blare he out. Say it. He patted me on the back and, and that was, well, we didn't, I, I was kind of, you, dude, you disappeared really fast when we ran into and you were gone like within five minutes well he disappeared before me if i remember correctly mm-hmm. no Mm-mm. okay i don't know you showed was, up you tired. you said something to us and then you were like like the wind dude you literally faded away <sighs> yeah, dude i'm going through i'm going through ed norton's filmography no no draw no 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 absolutely not like uh, let's let's uh, it was because he had american history x and fight club back to back and that you know, was a fond time what about red dragon movie. well no he was also in that movie with richard gear that got a lot of attention oh yeah uh primal fear uh, primal fear yeah that's I got a good one. so he, he did rounders american oh, history yeah, x fuck and rounders. fight rounders club back to back rounders made no money though really rounders another one of those cult movies yeah oh wow and that, that's the score john malkovich was great in that one red dragon remember red dragon he was in the italian the, the italian job matt damon yeah nobody I, nobody remembers that but, no, but that's, that's i didn't even know who's in that movie yeah i mean i thought that was mark mark Wahlberg. yeah that was mark Wahlberg. Wasn't yeah it? i never saw the italian oh job, i just honestly. franked you oh dude i never oh. even saw the italian job oh. i was agreeing with him the illusionist in 2006 yeah, that no that one sucked too. the wolverines was better uh what is it the so basically oh david bowie r.i.p dude i barely even like recognize any of the even since so since the incredible hulk pride and glory what prestige that's the way i was thinking about the invention of lying no mm-hmm. leaves of grass nope an episode of modern family stone nope uh, the dictator he apparently was uncredited by really? himself in the dictator moonrise kingdom the born yeah, legacy yeah, moonrise kingdom was one of the movie that people saw because it was a wes anderson movie they didn't yeah, i was about to say that's a wes anderson movie and it, that, it just had that title and, he, and he's appeared in most of wes anderson's movies since then too grand budapest hotel he was in that yes yeah. he was cool in that one birdman but it, oh yeah but, but again, these are all supporting roles none of these are lead roles. No, none of true. these are lead roles it's another tv and series Actually, I didn't, I didn't really ensembles. like him that much in Berlin, man. But. Huh? The Guardian Brothers. He did an English mm. version voice. This is some Japanese CGI movie. Sausage Party, Collateral Beauty, Isle of Dogs. Like, Ed Norton, I think because he did a couple back-to-back movies that are very fonding, fond, you well, very he had, fond he had of. Well, he had a nice couple years there where he was... No, he, they spent a few years in the early late 90s and early 2000s trying wait, to wait, make wait. Ed Norton happen, and it never it happened. It never wait, happened. Wait, wait, wait. Is what he's pointing wait, out wait, wait, wait. Aren't we supposed to be talking about The Incredible Hulk? How does this I think Ed Norton is a huge part of this movie, so yes, I think... Okay. That's what we were doing. It just it felt like we're going way way on a tangent here, but okay. That he look, I'm trying. So w- when you look at the first two movies in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Robert Downey Jr. and Ed Norton. So I'm trying to figure two out two redemption arcs: rich one, dad one, and poor one, dad. One. Who was going to make it? No, uh, what? Rich dad, poor dad. Never mind. It's a book I read. But but I think I think w- where is so this is what I think might have happened. You start with Robert Downey Jr. That movie's incredibly successful, right? And we've talked about this before. But, the but Incredible Hulk's already in production. These movies came out. No, no, a few I know. Apart. I know. I know. Yeah. I know. No, no, no. I'm, I I totally agree with that. Oh, yeah, so they're both in production at the same but, time? But that shows... They came out two months apart. What do you think? That shows... I didn't realize it. That they were still in on, you got to get a big... Because remember, I, I've mentioned this in a bunch of our podcasts about how you, you cast these name actors to be your lead superhero. And I think that's a, that's the wrong way to go about it. That's the Wizard World way of casting. Where you're like, let's just get the most famous person possible that looks like our guy. Or the Benedict Cumberbatch method, which I can't... Which I don't like. Where you, instead of the, the Chris, instead of the Chris Evans, like. where you go, let's just go find a good actor who we think has qualities that this character has instead it's we gotta go let's get the biggest name possible we gotta draft the, we gotta get the biggest name possible to be our guy we gotta get ben affleck to be batman why why do you need to get ben yeah. affleck to be batman like so 
it's funny because I think that Robert Downey Jr. working, and they're like, okay, this is right. So good thing we got Robert Downey Jr., we got Ed Norton. These are going to be two big movie stars that are going to be our two main, two of our main heroes. But you've just established that Ed Norton was not a big movie star. No, no, but, but he was definitely a name. He, he, he wasn't he, Chris Evans. He was a recognizable name. If you saw his name on the... Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. But he's not Chris Evans. Who were, People were like, who? Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, um, I knew Chris Evans, but most... Yeah. No, get the fuck out of here. He, but he was, he's not fucking Dude, Ed Norton. He did two Fantastic Four movies. He ain't Ed Norton, and Ed Norton ain't no Matt Damon. So what I'm saying is that sort of the, that could Ed Norton in this movie not doing well could have been one of the better things to ever happen to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because to me it solidifies the fact that the Chris Evanses and the Chris Hemsworths this is the way to go. Now I don't I still don't understand Make the, the Scar- character the star not the actor. The I star. still don't get the Scarlett Johansson casting after all these. Years. I still don't get it. I still don't know why the fuck they got this gigantic movie star to be Black Widow. But other than those two, um, well she actually ascended over the course of playing Black Widow though she I was already hot. Don't get me wrong, she was very popular actress, but I think she took it to another level once she played Black Widow. Yeah, because her acting is really... I, I, I like when she's Black Widow. Well, I, I think she got better over the course of the movies. She got Definitely. comfortable with the character. I, I think as an actress in general, she's gotten better over the course of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I, I also don't think she was the Scarlett Johansson we have today when she started. She was a star. Maybe not. Maybe she was not. a star, but but she's one of the people where her star ascended over the course of these movies. Yeah, yeah. But So so that's why we're, I just think that they're like, you know, we don't need to pay these huge movie stars millions of dollars and give them fucking profit share and all this stuff like robert got us so he's in and he you know what i mean but we, we don't need to so i'm i'm wondering if now i don't know how many of these guys already but you know they probably already had chris evans signed and what i'm saying right now is total bullshit no, they didn't well okay well it is, I mean, or is i don't know i'm just wondering if ed norton not working out helped convince them that that was not the way to go like don't go for the big names find don't your... go for these big names to be we i could see that we, we we don't have to have that for the movie to do well it's the character who's the big name, yeah. not the actor. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's the thing, and again, you you can find this parallel going back to DC too. Christopher Reeve as Superman versus Michael Keaton as Batman. The Batman movies went from star to star to star, and it worked out for them until Batman versus Batman and Robin. No, I mean, I, I, the, look, Batman it, it Keaton, financially, financially, Batman eighty nine. Okay, well, but see, people, but we went there. I went there to see Batman. I really didn't care about. I, but, I saw how it de- they degraded with each actor. Like Val Kimmer was a shitty Batman. George Clooney was even a shittier Batman. Like they got progressively worse. Where even the name Batman didn't really save it for me anymore. Like I didn't care anymore. The first Batman eighty nine, fantastic. The second one, I've gone back rewatching. You're right, it is really good. I really enjoy it. It's really fucking dark, like super dark. Third one is a huge leap. Like it's it, and you know it's already been well documented that they started going you know campy and they were getting goofy with it huge decline in, in quality man by the oh, I was done it was they're so bad I mean I no okay. but the the Superman movies got worse and worse too. same thing yeah and they had the same actor for, true all the same actors for the most part in all of those so neither one of those things proves the argument that's one of the problems is that movies in general if you can get a star to be in your movie you do that you get the star. you get the star then you get the financing and you get the you know you but, can sell the foreign rights as long as the, the, the you yeah. know as long as you've got a big star so all movies were about get the star it's but, one of the things that people criticize the Marvel Cinematic Universe for because it's ultimately devalued star power because people are realizing and you've seen this in, in a lot of different genre stuff and most of the big franchises throughout these days people aren't going to the movies to see the actor they're going to see the characters yeah. or the beloved story and so you don't have these mega 
stars like you used to have. But didn't Superman make Christopher Reeves a movie star? Well, Christopher okay, Reeves was okay. pretty much an unknown. Okay. Superman made him an, an, a, wait, wait, wait. Superman made him a star. Michael Keaton was already a star on the rise with several comedic movies. He wasn't on the rise. He was already a Oh, he was a star. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I mean, Mr. Mom was fantastic. Okay. So he's already a star going into a role. The, the whole problem was he was already a comedic star and people didn't. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. I know that. That's what weirded me out too. Mr. Mom was going to be Batman. But, but here's a, here's a problem with the argument though. Christopher Reeve, right? Name five non-Superman Christopher Reeve movies that were big successes. What do you mean? Na- name me five movies that Christopher Reeve top-lined that were successes that didn't oh, Superman. No, no, I can't. So he's not a star. Christopher Reeve was never a star. Christopher Reeve played Superman and he had some roles. Okay, so movies. you're saying to be recognized as a star, you have to have movies Superman, of. Yeah, he's saying even after Superman, he's yes. not a star. Well, but you have to have you have to have hits either other than the initial movie that I guess right. started and, your. And so that's what I'm saying is people knew who Christopher Reeve is because he played Superman. Okay, I'll give you that. No, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Where Michael Keaton was a star that they put into a Batman movie. You're like, what the hell are you doing doing a Batman movie? Because you got to remember back in 89, the worst thing you could do would be do some dumb superhero shit and get typecast as a superhero and ruin your real career. You know, that was a real concern for Michael Keaton, I'm sure, is am I ruining my career by playing Batman? And he proved that a big star could play one of these stupid superheroes and it could actually be a huge success and it wasn't a catastrophic career movie, which is the way it was well, I'm sure he was still he waiting. Was actually, I, I, people saw superhero movies as career enders. No, I'm saying you could argue that for quite a long time it did. Yeah, Michael, Michael Keaton was the one role. person who kind of broke that curse. You could well, say he, well, he, well, he, well he, no, let's be honest. I, he was I, waiting I, for I, that. Uh, being Beetlejuice Batman goes the Hawaii script to finish. Are you kidding me? No, Michael Keaton didn't do shit nice. after Batman. He did. No, fucking uh, Tom Hanks stole his valor and took all of his roles. He should have never taken Batman. I think taking Batman. The last, the last big movie I could think of Michael Keaton doing is like the big. What was it? The big. N- wasn't it the one where he's a where was it, where's the one where he's a corrupt cop and shit and he's rubbing cocaine on his fucking lips and shit I'm not sure about that I think I think Michael Keaton's problem was he tried to pivot to more dramatic, dramatic films and it didn't work out for him the way it did for Tom Hanks yeah, Tom Hanks stole his valor because Tom well Tom Hanks and Michael Keaton were both big comedic stars in the 80s uh, both of them tried to pivot to drama in the 90s Tom Hanks was successful Michael well he Keaton, did Philadelphia so dude which was like you know he was he was doing movies that were very, very imagine timely. Philadelphia with Michael Keaton yeah but he was doing movies that were very timely I think Michael Keaton was doing like your because Michael Keaton did fucking Batman. I don't think it was the Batman. I, don't I think, think it was, it was Batman. the Batman. Keaton maybe didn't choose the right roles to to, to make the, mm. the, the. I think it was the Batman. Okay. Anyhow, <laughs> fucking way off. You guys are gonna make me work hard on this one. Um, <laughs> Dude, we're still not even watching just... the fucking movie. God damn. Don't um, want to watch. <laughs> don't want to watch. <laughs> I don't even know where we're at. Okay, so the point is, I, <laughs> they got the biggest stars they could get, and the biggest stars they could get were kind of wash ups essentially. Robert Downey Jr. did not have a career anymore when he did Iron Man. Clearly, Ed Norton career tra- trajectory was was not where he wanted it to be because he did Incredible Hulk and he was gone. I, I wonder how much... Well, Incredible Hulk was like the last stop in the Ed Norton is there, are you ever going to be a movie star train? And then the, and he was done with Incredible Hulk. So I don't think the Incredible Hulk killed his career. I think his career was probably already dead and the coffin nail was Incredible Hulk. And again, probably because he was apparently very difficult and a bunch of other shit that came with that. There was a time when I do think that he had some, some pull, some star power. He would, if, if he didn't he wouldn't have been able to get away with all the shit that he did get away with but he never seemed to become a real commercial success he never really became a star that could carry a movie with mainstream audiences but he was a, a desire he was a hot actor for a while there but he never had the he never made the money for the studios I think, to I think he that. could legitimize your movie but he wasn't sure. gonna draw he wasn't gonna put asses in the seats yeah. but if you're like oh Ed Norton
Jordans in that? Oh, I'll check it out. You know what I mean? Kind of like again. I think there, whether these you knew there was like, some quality to film if his name popped up in it. Or it you, was, you would, th- yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not gonna walk in and be like, oh, it's gonna be shit movie. Ed Norton's in it. Oh, there's gonna be some I, I wonder how much uh, hearing Robert Downey Jr. signed on. I wonder who signed on first, Ed Norton or uh, Robert Downey Jr. You think Ed Norton might have signed on? Well, he. I'm pretty sure. Really, I almost think that. I think. One, Ed, I don't think either one mattered to the other one at that point. I think. I think. I think Ed Norton was easy to insure. Robert Downey Jr. wasn't easily insured. So Robert Down. Robert Downey. Trying to figure out what what was Ed Norton's motivation to take a fucking CGI monster movie role? He was a fan ah, of the Hulk. Fan, yeah, I heard he, he was. A fan. I heard he was yeah. a big Hulk fan. Really? I, okay. I think he probably helped bring. Uh, there, a lot of people credit him with um, the movie being more true to the comics uh, than the first. Okay, one. you know what? That sounds familiar. Okay, yeah. so maybe he yeah, just yeah, yeah. Because I remember they said he was a huge Hulk. fan, and there there are definitely aspects of like Hulk lore and like the character, except for the, the abomination. I mean, at least he looked like the abomination in this one. The Hulk film when they had the Absorbing Man. Oh, that was just a travesty. What you and I will do, I'll do it with you. We're, we're, that's we're a that's a together. fucking travesty in itself. Well, don't I don't want to talk about the I don't know, movie, but I'm just saying I, I'm just saying he but, but he kept why, why are we talking he kept about stuff that? on the books, huh? Huh? What are we talking about? That he was talking about how the Universal Hulk wasn't nearly as true to the, the comics as the Incredible Hulk. Yeah, was. the Incredible Hulk is very okay. very true to the books uh, in terms of what the characters look true. like. Uh-huh. They, yeah, all, they, they took some liberties. liberties. They took some liberties, but for the most part, characters acted the right way. I mean, like you know, Thunderbolt is Thunderbolt. Like I, when I watch him, it's like that's fucking Thunderbolt. So yeah. Yeah, I will say that while I think Ed Norton is well cast as Bruce Banner in the movie, I think he would have been a good. I, I really would have been interested in seeing Ed Norton act against the the Avengers. That, I think that would have been really interesting to see. I don't think he would have been as fun in Ragnarok. But but I, well, but I and I love but I love Mark Ruffalo too. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I still my, my the guy who I wanted to play Bruce Banner who never played Bruce Banner. I wanted Adrian Brody. I really? still think Adrian yeah, Brody would have been yeah. the perfect Bruce Banner. Who the fuck is Adrian Brody? He was. Uh, in Predators. He's uh, the pianist. Uh, what else has he done? Oh yeah, Adrian Brown. Uh He did. Uh, what is the son of Sam? He's done a bunch of. Flicks, yeah, yeah. Good actor. Solid actor. Yeah. Another guy though that maybe was too weird or too difficult. Weird dude. Didn't didn't, didn't cross over into mainstream audiences. I think he likes his cool. art house shit. Yeah, he likes he likes art house stuff. I, well, I actually, think, the funny thing didn't he do a Wes Anderson movie with him? They're like three brothers on a train or some shit like that. He was in uh, Ed, the Dark Shielding Unlimited. Yes. Ed Norton in that one? No, Ed no. Norton. Okay. You're thinking no. of Matt Damon. Just kidding. Although he Brody might have been in, was he in Grand Budapest? Yeah, he might have been in the Budapest. He might have been. He might have. I don't think they had any scenes together though. No. So alternate universe Avengers in the Wes Anderson <laughs> movie. You know what's funny <laughs> is that Matt Damon at least has been in a Marvel Cinematic film more recently than Ed Norton has. That's funny. That's <laughs> true. Ragnarok. <laughs> no, that's Ben Affleck. Or Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Okay, I guess what you're saying. I thought you said Ben Affleck. I wow, did you? I saw that. That was amazing. Where you literally were like. Oh yeah, yeah. It's all those energy. It's all those energy drinks. Watch this. So, what do you guys think about Liv Tyler in this film? I think Liv Tyler is. Uh, she's my Betty. Beautiful. She was, she's she my was, Betty. She is. She's very she's pretty. Not right? Betty. She's, she's not, my Betty. She's my Betty. She's my Betty. She's a Betty. She's one hundred percent a Betty. She's the Betty. But she's just too delicate and too sweet and too soft. Too elf like Betty. Too elf like Betty is just harder than her. Was always harder than her. Liv Tyler, I think, could have played a great Betty if you were doing like the old. Silver Age 60s Where she turned a harpy And shit like that That was more in the 70s I, I'm talking about uh, When she was The general's daughter It's like She's yeah. oh, the, she's so sweet And she just wants to help Bruce. The one where her heels she, Kept breaking she, And she was always falling you down can, You can see where She'd be the one Who's like trying to Mother this poor guy This this wound She's trying to, to, to Fix this uh, wounded This uh, bird with a broken wing Kind of thing I think I think Liv So Tyler, you're saying 
You're saying she didn't have the balls to fucking snap the bird's neck because its wing was broken. She would try to heal a bird that would die over time, or she was going to be their bedside for the rest of her life. If you're doing an origin movie, Adrian Brody and Liv Tyler doing the origin would have been great. This movie, Incredible Hulk, is not the origin. This is a, a no. you know advancing the story. No, and and I just I her Betty's just too soft. I read all those Peter David comics. The Peter David Betty had already been through all that fucking shit and been turned into the harpy and been captured by and kidnapped by so many different monsters and shit. And so by the time you get to Peter David's Betty, she's kind of a you know she's tough. Okay, you know, I she, got she, I got something for you, right? Adrian Brody plays the Hulk or Bruce Banner when he turns into the Hulk. So the Joe Fix It persona. What do you mean now? I'm sorry. I'm distracted because uh, he's not waving that dildo at me <laughs> that you've been flexing it's for the whole his elbow. Night. It's for my his elbow. I know what it's for, but all I'm thinking about is the dude from uh, I think it was Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, the Guy Ritchie movie, where he bludgeons a guy to death with a gigantic dildo. And especially when you're talking at it and waving it at me, all I'm thinking about is you bludgeoning we'll, me. With we'll this take a picture dildo, of it and put it up on the Tumblr. Blue dong of yours. We'll take well, a picture. All I can say it. is it's about right when I go to the restroom. I'm just saying. He calls it Thanos. <laughs> um, Things fade away. No, no. Adrian Brody plays Bruce Banner. Are you like cosplaying a movie while he turns into uh, Joe Fix a persona? Because Adrian Brody, I don't see him turn into a giant green creature, but I could see him turn into a smaller Hulk gray version that's intelligent and still has parts of his persona, like his personality. No, I'll do one better. Joe Pesci is Bruce Banner. <laughs> and Joe Fix it is. Who fucking cares? Well, we're, just, we're definitely we're talking, we're we're talking about Liv Tyler. It's an interesting. So again, the Hulk, you could put any actor in there and give them a different Hulk. To, so since to this play. is now. True that, true that. I'm trying to get this back on track. So since this is not. This is on track. Since this is not the origin movie, who other than Liv Tyler would you have preferred to be Betty Banner? Jennifer Connelly as a forehand. Yeah, she was a good, Is she it was weird good that Betty. I, th- I find Jennifer Connelly and Liv Tyler kind of similar. They are. They, it, they, you could, I, I'm telling you, I still Those believe. Porcelain, that porcelain skin. That I still believe. Quiet. I, I know you guys argue against this. I still believe that the Universal Hulk essentially counts. I, I, I believe that the Incredible Hulk was a pseudo sequel when it was conceived. Which is why I think they, they intentionally, even looks the same. Yeah, I well, think they see, okay, okay, with the Universal Hulk, the Hulk in that movie is very plush doll looking. Well, that's he's very. He's not talking about fucking CGI. No, but I'm just saying, no, no, but I'm just saying the look, when you look at this Hulk, there's a scene where he's just fucking ripped. We know, we know dude. That fucking CGI changing doesn't mean anything. He's but, saying. No, no, no. The, no, the, no, no, no. But the, he's so, saying, no, no. Stop, but the stop, story. Stop, no, no, no. You stop. stop. The story that's you being told talked. by Ang Lee is this softer tone. It's it not a. It's different directors. He, but, the, but the Ang Lee movie was an origin, and this is picking up sometime later on, and Betty kind of looks the fucking same. That's what he's saying. It, yeah. this, this movie didn't I tell guess, I would well, give you. I would Ed give you it's a sequel. Yeah, Ed Norton's not dissimilar looking from Eric Bana. I mean, well, you're are, fucking wrong, but go ahead. Well, I mean, passively. Nobody's going to confuse Mark Ruffalo no, with no, either no, one no. of those two guys. Well, no, because you could kind of almost see where you could kind of well, Weren't they both kind of already Jack looking as like the Bruce Banner? Yeah. They no, were already, I'm pretty they sure they were, got wait, 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 And one was actually David Banner? No, they were both Bruce Banner. Were they? The dad was David Banner. Okay. For some they, reason. They, they, they did that play because yeah. he was David Banner in the TV show. Yeah. So they made the dad in the Angley movie okay. David Banner. Yeah. But obviously there was a lot of complaints about the Angley Hulk. And so they tried to correct that. Like, look, we did a much better job with the CGI on the Hulk a few years later. But still at playing playing it loose whether or not it's a sequel. And again, it's a Universal movie-ish because it had to be done with Universal's blessing. That was the only Hulk movie they made in part because Universal was still signed on for that. So it, it even has that continuity where they, they had to cut Universal a check. It was still kind of sort of a Universal movie when they did The Incredible Hulk. I'll give you that, that it's it's a sequel to it. Pseudo-sequel, I would say. Yeah. Like, what do we think of quasi-sequel. What, yeah. what do we think about Thunderbolt Ross? Well, can we actually watch, watch the, movie? the movie? No, I'm trying to I know, make it. I know what I'm going to try to make it by the time we're done with this conversation. You're going to be like, we I don't need to watch the fucking movie. Okay. Well, go ahead and pause Damn it. Because both see the only reason why I'm letting this happen too because it's really fucking good, and I'm actually keeping us on topic.
topic, but go no, ahead. No, the reason why. Well, don't say that it's not good, though. Okay, continue. No, it's, it's kind of not good. No, no, it's, it's good. Try to edit this shit. The reason why I'm letting this go is because I think once we start watching the movie, this fucker's going to pass out on me. So I'm getting all his shit now so that he's not gone by the time we actually watch the fucking movie. I'll stay up. Um, what do you think about Thunderbolt Ross? I like William Hurt as an actor in general. I've enjoyed him in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. He is not Thunderbolt Ross to the degree that Sam Elliott was. Nobody's touching Sam Elliott as Thunderbolt Ross. So I will always have that. I don't know, man. The dude was good, man, but... Uh. Sam Elliott was so Thunderbolt Ross. The only way he could have been more Thunderbolt Ross, yeah, he'd gone method and actually like put on about 40 pounds. I was going to say, he was... Because he, he was real lean. He looked... I, to me, but I imagine more he like Jennifer Connelly. Doesn't he look like he would... Jennifer Connelly could be his daughter? Because they're both really like skinny people. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, I uh, But the, like the intensity, like Sam Elliott's intensity and the fact that the man just rocks a mustache like... But William, I, I think William Hart something. looked more like what Thunder, Thunderbolt was supposed to look like. Huh? William, William Hurt? Hurt? Yeah. He looks really more... He, they're both he, white guys with gray hair. He looks... Like it, if you look he, at the comics, he has that short, kind of flat top, yeah, uh, you know, set, uh, salt and pepper hair. Yeah. He has the thick mustache. He has a little thickness to him. He yeah, pulls, he off, he pulls off the military man. Yeah, he better. pulls off the military. But he doesn't have the intensity. He doesn't have that growl. I can't see him, like, slathering in the mouth, firing a gun in the Hulk space. See, I, I would have to rewatch the Hulk with you. Cause it's been so long since I've seen a movie, I can't remember okay. a lot of that. Thunderbolt Ross is just one of the, such a fanatic when it comes to the Hulk and going after the Hulk. And I just... I think that the William Hurt Ross is too much of a politician. And we've seen that a lot, especially in the later the yeah. movies after you've got the Sokovia chords and stuff. And I just think Thunderbolt Ross is too much of a, of a man of action, too much of a, like a real military man to be like, oh, well, I've retired and now I'm working with the, you know, UN or whatever the fuck, you know, that his deal is now. I, I feel like they turned Thunderbolt Ross into a different character to make him function in the cinematic universe. I'm glad they're still using him. I love that kind of continuity. I love that they continue to use these same actors playing these same roles. But I do think that they, they altered Thunderbolt Ross in a substantial way to make it MCU character and to make it a William Hurt character rather than yeah, having you know him play what? the character. Have they ever had the William Hurt, the Thunderbolt Ross, Mark Ruffalo moment? I don't know. I don't think they've no, ever been in the so. same room together. Holy shit. How have they never fucking done that? And he even refers to, do you even know where Bruce Banner is right now or something? Or was it Thor? Do you even know where Thor is right now where they were asking? Because if I had a couple of nuclear warheads, I'd want to know where they're at at all times. Yeah, holy shit. They, he, he never, they never have nope. that moment. They, they've never really interacted. I never even now. thought about that until right yeah. now. You're right. Wow. He's become a functionary within the Marvel Universe but it, it, but he's not Thunderbolt Ross yeah he, he's not he should be chasing after the Hulk that's his whole thing and he's just not you know we had Ryan on for the Infinity War uh, episode Rian DeLay our yeah. good friend and uh, shit I lost my train of thought damn it he went to high school with William Hurt I completely lost my train of thought on that oh well pass on it okay what do we think about what do we think about Abomination oh I know what it was ah shit <laughs> quick say uh, he was talking about how uh, the character that Martin Freeman plays in the Black Panther movie is not oh, yeah, yeah. Everett Ross he's Henry Peter it's, it's, he's Gyrick, but also William Hurt is playing Peter Gyrick. Yeah. So you've got two Peter Gyrick, and you've lost both Thunderbolt Ross and Everett Ross. Huh. Whoa. 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 That was weird. <laughs> Gyrick is a great character, though. So Gyrick is a great character. I guess the X-Men don't own him. I don't know. Why, why can't Marvel just do Gyrick? Don't know. That doesn't matter. Maybe he'll show up, and he'll be like all wisecracking and shit, and they'll just totally fucking just flip fucking it around. flip the names around. So you were saying? So what do we think about uh, Tim Roth and the Abomination? Tim Roth cannot do an American accent, and every time he tries, I, I find it my Wildly hilarious and really kind of kicks me out of movies whenever he tries to do that because I just I don't buy it at all. Yeah, it's I can halfway buy. 
I could kind of buy it in Reservoir Dogs. He just had kind of a weird voice before I knew that he, he was not an American. He just was like, I don't know what fucked up accent he's got, but I'll, I'll go with it. But now that I've seen him in so many movies where he uses his natural accent, whenever he tries an American accent now, it just totally takes me out of the fucking movie. Yeah, I just, I don't get, I, I, I don't like, I like Tim Roth. I don't understand why he was in this movie. Again, I, I, I think there was, they, there was an actor they could get. So weird. Yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know what, what the need was to have, because you know the whole if, if point was to like just a, make him a big fucking CGI monster. So what, was the, what the hell was the point? Well, not just that, but he's okay. also supposed to be like the super badass soldier. And Tim Roth never strikes me as being a particularly no. large or intimidating fellow. No. So seeing him running around and shooting like the rocket power grenades and shit, it's like you really need somebody more butch, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, and I mean, you know, whoever the fucking modern day Dolph Lundgren is, that's who should have been that character. Because then when you turn him into the abomination, it's like, oh, it makes sense. He's well, this, you don't even, even really bigger, need to more ridiculous. That role. That's no, a you don't. Character. That's what I'm saying. You just need a giant action dude. Get giant action guy to be well, that role. I think it's one of those things too where you, like, let's get a bunch of names that we can manage to get because Ed Norton on his own, Liv Tyler on her own, William Hurt. You know, you need, you need all together as an ensemble to kind of help sell the, the project, I think. I don't think they had one person that was like going to definitely put asses in seats. But if you put enough people in there, you add enough value, you're more likely to you know, lure people in. Because I, I think that's one of the problems with the Hulk movie is who, who's your draws there? Sure as hell ain't Eric Bana. It's like, okay, we got Jennifer Connelly and we got Sam Elliott. And I love Sam Elliott. Don't get me wrong. I love Sam Elliott. Not somebody who's going to make people go to movie theaters though. And so I think that there wasn't a, probably a, a, an inclination to get as many different people in there as possible to you know, gin it up. Weird. Can we just watch that movie now, please? We are. Because you know he's drawing it. you out, right? Hey, what did you guys think of the ending? See? I'm winking now. He says as he's lying prone. Oh, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Oh, just go, go nah, watch, well, the, watch I, the movie. I'd rather watch the movie. Uh, you, you got any more pitches before you actually, actually are going to watch this movie? Because you've been conned, my friend. You've been conned. What did you guys think of the stinger? Ah. Just kidding. Go ahead and play it. I've been alone for a long time. Not because I want to be. But because until I solve this problem, I have to be. Your target is a fugitive from the U.S. government who stole military secrets. This is the location. Snatch and grab only, live capture. Take him. You have to get as far away from me as you can. Go! There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Target is in the overpass. And when I lose control, it's very dangerous to be around me.
All right. So the movie starts out with Bruce Banner. Okay. Well, the movie really starts out. The opening credits gives you a rundown of Hulk's origin, origin story. story. Pretty much in line with the TV show. You know, gets hit with rays, turns into the Hulk, beats the, uh, you know, <laughs> harms his beloved Betty Ross, which is what turns him against, uh, and Thunderbolt Ross, her dad, and is what motivates Ross to chase after him, you know, everywhere. Then the movie immediately becomes a sequel. That is one thing you have to say about The Incredible Hulk. It is not in any way an introductory movie. It's not an origin story at all. It starts off with Bruce Banner hiding out in Brazil, working at a soda bottling plant, uh, dealing with stuff around that plant, and uh, communicating via a special uh, satellite link-up deal with a mysterious figure named Mr. Blue, which they took from the Bruce Jones period yeah. of the comics. Uh, we do not yet know who Mr. Blue is. Did they, did they tell you who it was in the comics when they were dragging that out? I don't Both remember. That, that Bruce Jones's run was the run that kind well, of... It's funny because it, people turned me off. Turn, were turned off once Peter David left the Hulk. They didn't like any of the follow-up. And then it seemed like when Bruce Jones came on and he started having like these X-Files conspiracy type things with the Hulk uh, being led around the country by a mysterious figure who communicated with him via the internet called Mr. Blue. Uh, people got excited about the Hulk again and then it seemed like they just, like unlike, not unlike the X-Files, they just drug it on and on yeah. until nobody cared anymore and everybody lost interest. But it, anyway, uh, we've seen that Bruce Banner has been trying to figure out ways to control his Hulk response, ways of controlling his pulse, his anger response. He's studying the martial arts, letting his martial arts master slap him around, figuring out how to Teach not him how to breathe to calm down, yeah. yeah. Uh, you see a countdown at the beginning of the movie where it tells you how many days since the last time he turned into the Hulk, and apparently he's doing fairly well. He's going for months at a time without that happening. Very but, bizarre wig changes from scene to scene. Yeah, I, we don't know. I, I assume they must have done some reshoots after he'd gone off to do another movie, and he had a kind of a Henry Cavill thing going on, but with his head hair instead yeah. of his lip hair. Uh, very obvious wig action going on. Um, but ultimately what happens is he bleeds into one of the bottles of soda. Stan Lee and his obligatory cameo get sick from that in the United States. They track... Uh, where the bottle came from to where Bruce Banner is working and mercenaries led by Tim Roth are sent to uh, bring down Bruce Banner. Uh, what do we think about the movie so far? Dialogue's fucking terrible. Honestly, I was sitting there and I started realizing I now realize why Iron Man was so successful. He was charming and funny and drew you into the film. Ed Norton has not drawn me into this film. I don't, I feel like we're watching like, what was the movie with Harrison Ford and the man with the missing leg, missing arm? Witness? Oh, Fugitive. Fugitive. Well, that's what it, the TV show was. Yeah, but it's, it's, it's like they're chasing him down. I, I don't know. I just don't care. Like, I, I enjoy the movie, but I don't care. Like, I haven't been drawn into Ed Norton's character. I don't feel sympathy for him. I don't, I don't think feel. That Bruce Banner's supposed to be charismatic like that. <sighs> Tony but Ruffalo does such guys. a great job that you care about the character. You care well, about no, no, him. But, but you should you should feel fucking like both of y'all now. You should feel bad for him, right? Yeah, you or, should or feel like something. oh, this poor dude's trapped. Instead, like uh, like this the the Mister Blue shit where he's just like IMing back and forth with a guy, and they're just like long pauses and, and, on text uh, on a screen. And yeah. I'm like, this is fucking yeah. shoot me. I've read about Mister Blue is a mysterious figure that's trying to help Bruce to come up with a cure for his radiation. Need to give poisoning. that detail. So, but but what I'm saying is is you contrast the beginning of Iron Man. To the beginning of this movie and it's just and like it's day to night news fest, yeah yeah because I, I i just watched they're iron doing, man like last week and the first 10 minutes of the movie is fantastic it's they're funny doing long pauses on instant messaging text going back and forth and it's like doom 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 click 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 send doom 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 reply doom 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 y e s and it's like, what the fuck did I just watch? And then yeah. he's clipping a flower into a fucking bowl and running it through a fucking centrifuge. Like, this is the most, like, stop. This is fucking horrible, dude. This is so yeah. shitty. It just, 
Like I, a bad way to start a movie is on. Yeah, we're not far into it, obviously, but I'm just saying it's a bad way to start. I I think that they're two different movies, and I, I don't know if a direct comparison really it does this movie a service. It's do not, you feel drawn not, in? I'm just comparing. I'm, I'm enjoying the movie. Yes, I'm, I'm comparing. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying, enjoying the movie, but are uh, you drawn in? Hey, I'm not enjoying it. Okay, well, you didn't want to watch. You've been doing everything possible to avoid watching this movie. So, there'll probably be some editing involved, but literally, Mister, but Mac over here, you guys gotta fucking quit with the fucking masturbating. You're fucking me up. I've been trying to for years. Uh, <laughs> fucking assholes. Uh, Mac has tried to avoid us watching this movie entirely. He has no interest in watching the movie. He, we basically recorded a bunch of our opinion material before we started watching the movie because he is dead set on not finishing this movie or starting it even. And I'm not going to let that happen because I do like The Incredible Hulk and I do want to watch this fucking movie. I think that they're two different movies. I think that they're two different characters. I'm glad that, they, that the movie has its own identity. Bruce Banner is not charming, charismatic, sex on wheels, Tony Stark. Uh, but he's not he's, funny. Or he's not, he's, he's not. No, he's not supposed to be funny. But I, I like the character. Spoilers. I like the way he's reacting to shit. But none of the other actors are, are bringing that kind of game with him. He's not, re, you know, he's, he's just, it's, it, most of the movie so far has been subtitles of him speaking in Spanish with people that are speaking uh, a bunch of Portuguese. 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 Um, sorry. Yes. The only problem I do have, though, is I don't really get the pathos either. He doesn't, he seems like a pretty all right, like well-adjusted guy. I know, I know he's struggling with his anger and shit, but I'm not necessarily getting that from these scenes. I, yeah, I'm getting, like, when I'm getting, getting bumped Norton into maybe. and stuff and he's just like <sighs> yeah and you're like okay yeah I, I again I, I think Adrian Brody would have done but a see, he job seems, with that okay to me he seems really confident for someone that has such a huge burden yeah if, if that's anything, what turns me off Mark Ruffalo seems the kind of guy that he feels the weight of the burden of the Hulk and you feel that what is acting his mannerisms just all that I feel that so when I watch I'm like I could see that like that's just him being worn down Ed Norton is just way too fucking confident like he's just like <sighs> and he's I mean he's built like a shit brick house I mean I'm he's just like shit brick no, house. He's not, he's, he's skinny fit. as fuck. Oh, he's, he's pretty but, swole, but though. Ed Norton in this movie is super skinny, dude. Yeah. Did you not just see that? He was he looked he's like a lean, fucking 14-year-old. Okay, he's lean, 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 lean muscle. He's got lean muscle. He's, he's yeah. He's but he's very confident. He just comes off confident. Like, he doesn't feel yeah. like someone who's who's really has his burden of this monster on his shoulder. Yeah, he's, try, he's trying to mack on that chick that he works yeah. with, and he's all trying to, like, stick up for her and yeah. stuff. If somebody he, was afraid that he was going to let off a nuclear bomb in the middle of Brazil, he wasn't acting that way. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that they were trying to show that he's a hero because he's, he recognizes that he can't help but then he finally does because he can't I, walk I away no, no, as well. I, I, no, I, but, get, but, I get what they're yeah. trying to do, but... The, but, but. The, the problem is, I, I, I agree with you, is that he's a little too well-adjusted. He doesn't come across as troubled. He comes across as, like, annoyed more. Like, like he's got a little put out. But, yeah. Yeah. But not, <laughs> like, but not somebody it. who's, like, damaged. Just somebody who's kind of like, fuck, man, this Hulk thing, I really don't... You know, I don't want to do this Hulk thing. That'd be kind of Wait, bad, you don't have a cure? Right? Darn it. Oh, well, back to work. That's yeah. Right. So oh, I, my I watch is beeping. I better calm down. Huh? Yeah. But I enjoy watching him act. It's just, like, I agree with you. He's not... You're not getting the sense of a burden on him. Yeah, uh, but the the chase through the favela though, I do think is well shot. Uh, I do agree that more than likely the Fast and the Furious franchise kind of ripped that sequence. Dude, every everywhere, any any movie that went to Brazil uses that scene where they're gonna jump yeah, through the yeah, favela. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's just like stock but, footage well, for them. I mean, the entire Fast and Furious franchise is built upon a remake of Point Break. Uh, Point then Break, then, so, then they yeah. do a uh, Matt Damon's movie there too. Uh, one of his one movies, of the Bournes. Yeah, one of the. Oh, Bournes. I can totally see a Bourne movie. Yeah, there totally. I don't. We haven't did, totally. But. We totally haven't seen a Bourne movie since the first one. You and I saw that in the theater. Neither one of us, I don't think, has ever seen another Bourne movie since. No, but the I and I liked it. Okay, I, th- I think we both liked okay. it. Okay. Tangent, tangent, yeah, tangent. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, <laughs> Matt Damon again. Matt fucking asshole. <laughs> he just keeps coming into the conversation. Maybe Matt Damon should have. Or been no, Bruce he Banner. doesn't because I probably got all that shit. Dun 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 dun. So. 
you keep asking why Tim Roth is in this movie. I think it's because you've got Mr. Blue and you got Mr. Green, so they had to get, uh, what was he, Mr. White? Maybe. In Reservoir in Dogs? In Reservoir Dogs? Yeah. Uh, or no, no, Mr. White was... Doesn't matter. Tell? Doesn't matter. Check anyway, Reservoir, I think the Reservoir... Mr. Orange, maybe? Maybe. Maybe. He looks orange with the spray tan. Yeah, mentioned. he looks very spray tanned in this film. Very spray tanned. Very splotchy. Mm-hmm. And as you mentioned, not large, not intimidating. No. Kind of does itself. Mercs, working with the government, go after Bruce Banner. They try to trank him. It doesn't and work fail. out. He ends up hulking out, almost certainly killing most of the Merc team. Also, those uh, guys that were thugs, trying to... The Brazilian you know, thugs. Yeah, trying to sexually harass that chick that he was with. I did not like Bruce Banner doing martial arts moves on people. No. They weren't super effective, but Bruce should just not be doing martial arts shit. That was a bad call on their part. The movie picked up, though. I mean, it turned into an action flick, so I was okay with it. Yeah, and I have to say, I really like the cinematography on this movie. Yes. I like how the action scenes are shot. There's a lot of superhero movies that feel very staged, and while I'm sure the plant was some kind of a stage or something, they might have been something that was real, I'm not sure, but it looked real enough, and the action sequences worked really well. Well, It's it's not all CG backgrounds. Yeah. The Hulk is not shown too much, which is great. He's he's mostly in shadows so far. He's scary as fuck. Well, now, that's the only part I didn't like is I don't believe the Hulk would have ran away. He would have just ran at them and tried to run through them and keep going. He wouldn't have ran the opposite direction, hiding, like trying to get away from them. The Hulk doesn't really get away from stuff. He hulks out and then attacks whatever's pissed them off. Yeah. And then, you know, punishes them. This one, he was running away while they're shooting him. I think at one point, they he even growls, leave me alone. Like it's He sounded, does. I heard that. Yeah, you heard, heard that, that too? Yeah. And I was kind of like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll let that slide. But then when he's running away and they're all like chasing after him, shooting, I'm like, well, Hulk wouldn't run. The Hulk would grab someone and start throwing shit at him until he destroyed his target. It's just, I, I get that they want, I don't. I feel like no, I this is the, the Hulk sequel itis going on right now. Is that this is a Hulk where Banner is exerting some degree of control over the beast. That's why you're seeing him actually do a little strategy and like grab people and pull them out into the shadows and stuff. He's not just going full on barbarian kick everybody's ass kind of thing. You do hear him talk, and I, I think that's part well, of what smarter Hulk. He's trying to contain himself because I when you said he ran, I don't really see the running. No, there was, there's a they, scene where he's running and they're running behind him and they're firing because they're hitting okay. all the bottles as they're running through the 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 bottling. No, plant. I don't think. He okay. knew they were there, yeah. yeah. I was just like, hmm. But I mean, because I mean, he's a lot of it's just like him. I think it's he's moving a little slower because he's trying to stop himself from killing these motherfuckers, and they just keep coming at him until he kills those motherfuckers. Obviously, but he, but to the degree we've seen the Hulk so far, so much better rendered in this movie oh, yeah. than previously. And I think they were smart to get as much detail as possible, as many veins, as much contours of the muscle, make him look really well defined. Uh, that was something that was very much lacking in the earlier uh, Universal version, but. Again, Again, really well shot action scenes. Sometimes superhero movies look like they just look fake. They look like like set upon set upon set. And this, you can tell they went to actual locations mm-hmm. and shot them under natural light and looks really, really great. So, oh, they're doing a lot of these great pan shots where he's walking and they're showing the jungle and like the lush greenness of the jungle. I was like, I, I, I like that. I appreciate yeah. that. And I think they were actually went to the favelas and you do get a sense of setting. You do get a sense of scale through all those. How like, compact everything shots. is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really well handled. I appreciate that. All right. So Bruce makes it out of Brazil eventually, makes his way to the United States, tries to make contact with Mr. Blue. Mr. Blue needs more information than he can get. More data. On the way to getting that information to, we run into Lou Ferrigno. Yeah, Mac. Lou Ferrigno. Reinforces my belief that this is a sequel to the Universal movie because Lou Ferrigno's cameo in The Hulk was also as a security guard. No, no, no. I get you you even, even one better. What's that? If I remember correctly, The Hulk ends with Banner in the jungle nursing 
um, I would say the poor, tribal men or something like that. Yeah, he's looking for tribal medicine. Yeah, so, I'm a, so I'm assuming he landed somewhere in Brazil or rainforesty area, which would lead him to be yeah. in Brazil. See, it's a sequel. So yeah, so they yeah, because I was thinking about when we were watching, I was thinking I was trying to remember the ending of the Hulk, and I remember I was saying I remember there's a scene because these uh, rebels or drug dealers some come up while he's helping you know the community and giving medicine, and they're like he's like you won't like me when I'm angry, and I remember that's in the dense jungles. I'm like oh shit, it would be Brazil, so yeah. it literally could lead off from this movie. Yeah, which I guess is another reason why Universal wants their cut. <laughs> you know, yeah. they're trying to do another one of these. So because Banner can't get the uh, information that he needs, he's getting ready to split. Uh, he's been staying with this uh, kindly Italian stereotype. Uh, <laughs> Mamma Stan- mia, Papa. At Stan Lee's Pizza. Stan Lee's yeah. Pizza. He's on his way to leaving when his ex-girlfriend, Betty Ross, Betty? shows up with her new boyfriend, Dr. Leonard Sampson. I'm just saying a dude from Family. His huh? name is Leonard Sampson? I told him Catch, is it? Totally not catch that. Was it Leonard Sampson? Dr. Leonard Sampson, yeah. Oh, wow. So, I didn't uh, catch that. Played by Ty Burrell, best known for Modern Family, yeah. playing essentially the same dude from he plays in Modern Family. But he spots Bruce, brings him in, shows him that she's been hiding information on his exposure on a zip drive and offers it to him. For some reason, they have to go to the school that she works at. She's a professor or something. While they're there, the military comes in and tries to contain the Hulk. There's a big battle involving the Tim Roth character, Emil Blonsky. Oh, we forgot to mention, Emil Blonsky's been exposed to some variation on the Super Soldier Serum, which is a blue fluid, just like in the Winter Soldier and Civil War. We also get to see Emil Blonsky do the run thing, which I forgot about. I totally forgot that sequence happens. He does the outrunning the other soldiers bit that saw in Infinity War. Yeah. Well, like when Cap and and Black Panther are outrunning the the Wakandan soldiers, he does the same thing here. So, continuity. Uh, And I, I remember really liking that when I saw this movie the first time. It's been a while since I've seen it, so I forgot that. Yeah, because you were very much like, they can do a Cap movie. It's just got to be what Tim Roth does in this. This is Captain America. Oh, do you remember me? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I absolutely did say that. When I saw Tim Roth fighting Hulk in this movie, it's like, fuck, that's Cap. They're doing Cap. He's they're, Tim Roth is doing Cap right now. That's awesome. So it made me so excited. Plus, the Hulk ends up pulling up a shield, essentially. He creates two shields. What did you guys think of these sequences? I thought as much as Iron Man CGI holds up, this movie is the exact opposite. Yeah, I mean, the CGI, CGI doesn't hold up very well. Dude, I think looks, it looks all right. Oh I, no, this is terrible. Yeah, dude. he he. I mean, I think Iron Man is easier to do. You know, they. they well, okay, again, I've, the, always, at, I've always thought that his it was CGI a machine. That, yeah, you're just building a giant machine. robot. Yeah, it's shiny. With this machine. one, you have to give it every muscle. Because I mean, that one scene when he lands and he kind of flexes his chest it looks was terrible. Like, yeah, it was Ugh. really overly ripped. Ugh. That just looked very critical. No, and I'm a Hulk fan. I'm a huge Hulk fan. I know. I said it's. I'm comparing it to another ten year old CGI movie. Right, but I think Marvel knew what they had with Iron Man in a way they didn't uh, they, they, they knew they didn't have it with Incredible Hulk I was so I think they put merely the money... saying yeah. that of two movies produced ten years ago yeah. one of them still looks pretty damn good because a lot of it can be practical like when yeah, you're conversing with say, people a lot of practical. he can be in a fake Iron Man armor whereas this one they have to do full CGI and you're like holy shit this, I think it, this looks fucking terrible this looks terrible well, I wouldn't say terrible dude this looks for terrible compared to today and, yes today, I will yes. say some of it is also because you know the, the frame rates on these TVs make it look more fakey well, I'm no, no. sure that's not helping it either well, but it's a 4K TV, so of course any blemishes are going to be amplified. Like, uh, don't it, try and explain to me 4K TVs. I'm just saying it's the frame rate. It, it's the shit that why people don't like these Blu-ray movies because you because you can the frame rates are so accelerated it makes everything look like it's on a set. Like that's what it looks like. I, some of that is why this looks bad, but a lot of it is because it looks bad. No, I think I, I like I think it, when I think it, it came looks out, it looked fine. Horrible. It doesn't hold up very well. I, I, I like it fine. I don't have a problem with it. I like.
like that the Hulk design, because this is the first time we see the Hulk full on in broad daylight, everything else. I, I dig that this is very much the 70s Hulk, you know, with the, the, the really shaggy wild no, hair. No, I, I, I would say Hulk also, is that, the first of, one. Huh? The first one, Ang Lee's Hulk was more beefy and bigger. And... Yeah, no, nah, but that's, that's not necessarily the, the yeah, 70s. But this though. looks I, I like Angel is, Medina's. Yeah, super this one is exactly. very detailed. It's, it's, and... it, it's a mix because I think the basic design is 70s shaggy Hulk, but with a lot of hyper detailing that very much recalls Del Keown and to a lesser degree Angel Medina. He felt kind of small for a Hulk, too. I yeah. don't know that that's the case. He's yeah. pretty big. No, he feels kind of small for a Hulk. He's a little leaner. Yeah, than he's the Hulk very thing. lean. Yeah, he's, he's just too lean. small. To me, the Hulk is a Hulk. It's Hulky. I, I, I really like the design. I, I think this might actually be my favorite of the Hulk designs we've seen in the movies. Wow. I think I think he looks fucking terrible. I, I think that sometimes sometimes he's just too bulky in that's the other the movies. Hulk. I like I like that he's a little leaner, a little tighter in this one. I think this I think this looks really bad. Like all I could stay uh, if even the opening scene where you guys were sort of like, oh, they look kind of good. Here. I thought when he like steps out uh, when his foot comes down and smashes a gun or whatever it was in that, the bottling plant scene. This looks terrible, dude. This looks really bad. This looks way worse than I remember it looking. Yeah. Way, way, I, way I, worse. I, I like it. I'm still enjoying it. I, I really enjoyed the action choreography. His body is not consistent from scene to scene. It goes like weird and like flat sometimes. Uh, it's it's just really bad. I just felt he's too small to be called a Hulk. Yeah. I like the Hulk. I like the action though. I, I, I love that they can't just have a Jeep rev up and run out onto the field. Everything's got to like leap. You know, everything, there's some sort of a hill Everything's or, exaggerated. or an 18 uh, yeah. leap ramp. Boom, boom, boom. I, I think that the action's cut really well. It's very, it, it just moves. I'm very drawn into the action. I love the way that Tim Roth's CGI avatar is jumping around and fighting the Hulk. But I also like how it just feels like it keeps ramping up. I dig how that you've got very comic booky. It's like, well, here's where we're going to come out with the sonic cannons and shit. It feels so much like a Hulk comic. And while I've uh, already mentioned that I growing the Hulk comics I grew up on were not my bag, I really appreciate the fidelity and because of how well it's shot I'm enjoying a sequence in live action that I wouldn't have necessarily enjoyed in animation or in comics I so the, I really dig I, they, my, I think my favorite part of this movie is the, the university battle I thought the, the shields were cool and he was chopping mm-hmm. and throwing the shields I thought that was cool yeah. but oh, I didn't yeah. think it looked well, good but I thought it was cool he bisects the tank man I love that yeah like, like that stuff was pretty cool but I, I don't think it has not held up 10 years later okay it was bad. I still, I'm still thoroughly enjoying that sequence so. but yeah, this the Tim Roth running looks terrible. It looks, I remember how awesome that looked ten years ago, and I'm uh, like, this looks bad. It doesn't look as good as a, as well, the wire work is not that great. You no, the wire work is the not wire, good. You can tell it's clear a lot of wire work. Yeah, admittedly, but it was. I think it was clear back then. It I reminded mean, me a lot of the uh, speed running from the first Superman movie, which I know is not necessarily common given that it was shit. decades before this one. But I still enjoy. I, I enjoy it. It's a little cheesy, but I still enjoy it. Uh, I think that I could not disagree more. The sequence was freaking really hokey and bad, and the CGI did not match well with the practical things being thrown around especially when it comes to him and Betty towards the end it looks freaking awful <laughs> it looks terrible the scene we're paused on in the cave him and Betty well, they are completely this is like the lighting is off but I mean, that's not a big way problem. off dude I'm I mean, just saying I, I mean yeah. this I'm saying it's 10 years old I understand it's 10 years old it looks 10 years old very um, much so so this is one of those instances though where I'm starting to have a little bit of a problem because Betty is is harmed basically she gets caught up in the melee oh, we didn't talk about that too and 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 gets uh, uh nearly killed and then afterwards during the cleanup we find out that it was leonard sampson that dropped dime on bruce he thought that he was doing something good protecting betty maybe there's a little bit of i'm pissed off this guy's suddenly run off on that chick and i'm not even in any of these scenes yeah, and maybe. i only turned up again just now but he psychoanalyzes 
Thunderbolt Ross and basically says that Thunderbolt cares more about his mission than he cares about his own daughter and is willing to let her die if it means getting Banner, which is something I, I don't care for. I don't. I think that they're they're demonizing General Ross so much in this movie. I think it makes him much more of a simplistic character. He's just like kind of just a flat evil military guy. I, I thought that the character was much more nuanced in the Ang Lee film. So that's a, a major issue I'm having. Is Hurt just plays him as as a just a one note villain to my mind, well, and that's why I'm not as into that. But I'm also not into Ty Burrell as Livin' Samson though. It's just like I can't yeah, get past yeah. that. It just doesn't click for me. It's, it's nothing to do with his performance. I just don't think he's well cast. Well, it, b- before this whole university scene, you've got Betty and Bruce at her house talking about the data stick, and it's like the most wooden, horrible, boring exchange. Uh, like, well, like you said, two, there was no chemistry well, there. We didn't say that on yeah. like, like as that scene was going down. I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, there's no chemistry between these two. You cannot in a million years tell me that these used to be lovers who had their lives ripped apart and they haven't seen each other for years. I, I'm still like, I'm like, or a year, half a year, whatever. Well, however been. long it's been. Yeah, I'm trying to count the days without incident. As, and they're sleeping in separate bedrooms and stuff. And it's just like, this is just really, it's just the most, I mean, look, I like Liv Tyler. I would never say she's a great actress. I'm getting some Christmas Jones flashbacks seeing her try to play her university professor. It's like, uh, she, I, I, you, you know Christmas Jones? No. From uh, the Pierce Brosnan James Bond movie where they tried to get... Oh, um, uh, 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 Angie Everhart? No. No, no, no. Um, 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 the other one. It was, uh, Charlie Sheen's act. Charlie Sheen's act, yeah. Um, she was in, what's that movie? Wild Things. Wild Things, yeah. Dude, we're on, holy shit, you're reading my mind, you freak. But anyway, so I'm getting, hold on, hold on, hold on. Her name is Denise Richards. Denise Richards, you got it. Good job. Circle gets a square. (laughs) But yeah, we're not in that territory, but we're not far from that territory in terms of she, you are correct, sir. I I think that Liv Tyler was cast to look like Jennifer Connelly, but she does not have the awards that Jennifer Connelly has earned in our acting career, I'm afraid. Why didn't Jennifer come back? Probably because they didn't want to pay her. She's, she was, or do you think they were just trying to clean the slate of everybody from the first one? I think so. That that might have been part of it, but also I I think Jennifer Connelly cost a hell of a lot more than Liv Tyler's. Even she don't really carry a lot of movies, really. She, Jennifer Connelly's been in like two movies ever, Labyrinth and Hulk. That is so not. No, she's been swimming with sharks. She's been a what? uh, She's done a few movies. Was that a TV show? She was Academy Award nominated, as I recall. You know, she's done a lot of fucking high end flicks. She just does a lot of like dramas and shit, so you probably haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm sure 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 the bunch of dramas she does really gets her that action hero budget. I think for Jennifer Connelly, they were quite wiped wiped the slate clean. That's all it was. There was no need to go get Jennifer Connelly. It's a different movie. Well, she just turned them down. That's also a definite, distinct possibility. No, I think she didn't do a bunch of. No, I'm pretty sure they're distancing themselves from the fucking bomb that was Hulk. It wasn't a bomb. They just that movie was a fucking bomb. It was not a bomb. Well, then when was a Hulk two? It never came out because the movie fucking bombed. It underperformed because they thought he was going to do Spider Man numbers and they pumped a ton of money into it. So why the fuck would they bring Jennifer Connelly? I don't think it's had anything to do with Jennifer Connelly. They couldn't afford that Jennifer Connelly money. Is that what we're fucking really saying in this shit? Marvel out of here with that bullshit. Marvel Studios, I don't think, had that kind of money. No. That's why we've got fucking Ed Norton as the fucking star, dude. Ed Norton was a bigger star than Jennifer Connelly? No, he was not. It's slammed down. Yes, he is. No, he was not. Yes, yes, he is. Look at the fucking filmography, asshole. I I don't I don't need to. I don't need to. I don't need to. Uh, you don't need to do any research to back up your argument. Okay, sure. That's, no, I'm that's, telling you, that's as a, a human way to being, go, I suppose. as a human being who watches movies, Jennifer Connelly is not a bigger star than Ed Norton. I, I would have to agree with Malcolm because I don't hear her name pop up in a lot of movies ever. What the fuck is fucking Jennifer you, Connelly just, in? Just because she's not in the movies you watch doesn't mean she doesn't carry. She's movies. 
she's not in the movies I watch. She's not in the movies that I see make any money. There is no way Jennifer Connelly is raking in so much cash. They're like, whoa, we got Robert Downey Jr., Ed Norton's. Fine. Draw the fucking setting, line of setting, Jennifer Connelly. For God's sake, are you trying to bankrupt us with Jennifer Connelly here? Setting that aside, Marvel had no money. But setting that aside, also, she doesn't really do a bunch of these action type movies. She mostly does dramas. So I think Liv Tyler interest. and Jennifer Connelly make comparable money. I don't think that that I, I'm not saying it didn't have some effect somewhere. I'm telling you, Jennifer Connelly's not in this movie because she was in the last movie. Okay, well, That's Jennifer Connelly's still making movie and Liv Tyler's doing TV. Okay, so is Jennifer Connelly still making movies? What the fuck? Yes. What's oh. the last movie she made? And I swear to God, if it's Lifetime, you lose. It's not on fucking Lifetime. You fucking ignorant. Was asshole. it in 3D? Just, because, just because you guys don't know things doesn't mean things don't fucking exist. Just because shit's not in your fucking sphere doesn't mean it's not a thing. I think it's a pretty good indication if it's not in my sphere. Sphere. She's not making so much money the budget could not afford Jennifer but Connelly. But I just that's fucking all said I'm trying that she to say. also doesn't do a lot of these fucking action movies. So she, but you're she still fucking hung up on shit. You're not fucking hearing it. That's right. Okay. It's The Rock and then Jennifer Connelly. You're right. That's they couldn't afford to pay her twenty five million fucking dollars. To, to Jennifer Connelly, dude. Give me a break. I, I think there's a good chance she would say I don't want to do it. I don't think, but it would mostly be because oh that movie sucked. I don't want to make another one. That she's probably living on her movie star island that she could definitely afford with all the fucking art house money she's making. Give me a break, dude. Uh. She's making money on labyrinth residuals. <laughs> I was about to say Labyrinth. She's in the upcoming A Little Battle Angel. She was in Noah. Um, Dude, Noah was like the, six it, years ago, four, seven four years, years ago. <laughs> she was in The Day the Earth Stood Still in 2008, same year this movie came out. She was in Blood Diamond uh, uh, a couple years before that. She was in Little Children. Again, a lot of drama. Hand- House <laughs> of Sand and Fog. How could they afford Jennifer Connelly for those movies, Mr. Fix-It? A Beautiful Mind. So we're saying 08 was probably pretty much her sweet spot. So Russell Crowe gets her uh, a lot of roles? She's got a fucking Academy Award nomination. She's got BAFTA nominations. She's got all these fucking awards. But yeah, you're right. She's not. Liv Tyler and Jennifer Connelly are fucking comparable. What the fuck? I, I, I would say, I, I'm not saying actress wise. On the smash oh, meter yeah, maybe. Yeah, because they, they don't. On pay, the smash meter when, when, okay. So an Academy Award nomination. Does not contribute. That, that has nothing to do with how much she gets paid. Oh, really? It doesn't? No, okay. I don't think it does. I don't think it does. Sure. Okay. Mr. Hollywood, you know. I, I don't think it does. I, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, some of the biggest mo- money move- money making movies, their Academy Awards are in special effects, sound. Dude, it's, it's never the oh, actors. No, it's true. Don't it's never the actors. Give me no, the last one. You guys, you, no, just stop. This is not. This you is just not. don't like it because it's shooting holes in your. In your... Uh, you guys. You guys. Okay, look. And this is funny too. Okay. Uh, Get mad, asshole. This is so fucking stupid. The Rock probably gets makes a fifty million dollars a movie, and it's not because he's got Academy Awards and no, fucking thing. Because he's a draw. It's because he's a big, charismatic, handsome dude. Dude, skyscrapers coming out, which looks like absolute Just garbage, both and it's gonna make you dumbasses in the same way in stereo doesn't make you fucking right. Now, can we move on? It's Jennifer. Con- I cannot believe you were fucking dying on a Jennifer I'm not Connelly. Di- Hill. <sighs> I can't believe she's not in the movie because they're this not making a sequel. It's a pseudo sequel, so she's not in the movie. Shut up and move on for fuck's sakes. This is a dumb fucking argument. Okay, neither one of us are hearing the other one. We're just wasting each other's time. Let's move the fuck on. I, I just can't. You drop. Well, like she's in the movie. They play Jesus Christ. Smash a meter. Actress Jennifer Lynn Connolly was born on 12 December 1970. Jennifer Connolly started as a child model, but is perhaps best remembered for her portrayal of Marion Silver in the science fiction movie Requiem for a Dream in 2000. So, just how rich is Jennifer? As per the estimation by Celebrity.Money, Jennifer has a net worth of over $32 million as of early 2017. 
mostly accumulated from her career as an actress, which began in the early 1980s. Jennifer appeared in her first movie at the age of 11, and in another nine by the time she was 20, but with little acclaim. It was in the 2000s that she finally found recognition through movies like A Beautiful Mind, winning an Oscar, Golden Globe, and BAFTA Award. Betty and Bruce go off to a cave somewhere in the rain after the battle. And I, I swear, didn't the exact same thing happen in the Ang Lee movie? Because I, Man, he's like, I'm, those movies are wood. Well they're in point. a forest, weren't they? Some they're like, like in the, that. they're like in the California redwood forest. Yeah. That's when they get attacked by the radiated dogs. But no, it's after the dogs that they, right? I don't know. I remember, I, dude, I, I, I don't just, remember. I, I gotta rewatch it. They, they start to meld together at that point. It throws me off. I can't remember which one happens in which movie. And then ultimately they end up in a hotel room. They manage to make contact with Mr. Blue again with more data. That's when, uh, we find a re- strong reference to S.H.I.E.L.D., which you didn't remember even happened in the no, I didn't movie. even remember that happening. And what's interesting That's... when you think about it is that they don't tell you that, um. But wait, which came out? Hold on, but help me, help me out. Hold on. Clark Gregg's character, Phil Coulson. Coulson. Oh, they yeah. don't say, Phil Coulson doesn't say, that just call it shield he gets, until the, the yeah. last scene or uh, of, of iron man right before he announces i am iron man so we haven't seen any shield iconography we haven't seen the actual like logo or any of that stuff like that so already this movie is showing us more of shield as the it, the entity that we would become to recognize in later movies more so than we, we saw in iron man now which one came first iron man or hulk the incredible hulk. iron man came out two months before the hulk okay so then but so then the they, they, they alluded to the, the shield so when this one came out they're like well they've already talked about it so we right, can just throw it in. Right. Okay. They've already opened they, it I, I just for some reason felt like maybe that was added in like later on or like oh shit you know we, we did talk about the shield let's go ahead and throw that into like, the They easily could have. Yeah, that, I don't no, remember yeah. that scene at all. At they're, all. They're just showing that shield is now monitoring for Mr. Green and Mr. Blue yeah. and they catch when. And no and no actors needed you could do that whole scene with exactly. just CG. It, it's all screen. CGI. So, so they just, could literally have put that back in the movie. It, well I mean the thing the fact is we see an FBI agent actually like seeing the readout and stuff yeah. so I don't think it even was shield initially they probably stuck that in at the very end you know i wonder because that's end. weird i just yeah. don't not remember because i would have figured oh cool shield i i think if i was sitting through this movie i would have said oh cool they referenced shield well, again, it was just two months after iron man yeah, you know? that's true. A- again we're we did the 10th anniversary iron man podcast now we're doing the 10th anniversary incredible hulk podcast so it's that, that close together we it feels like we just did the iron man one we find out too that the person that he's contacting is a fellow named stearns which is familiar to some hulk fans well, that'll come in a moment uh the other thing is that tim roth's character emil blonde got fucking totaled at the end of the university battle. Yeah, that was cool. He was in traction. He looked like he was, you know, clinging to life. And then within a short period of time, he goes all is, Wolverine and shit. Yeah, he's, he's totally healed with the exception of the badly airbrushed oh, abs. Airbrushed muscles or he was wearing one of those shitty Spencer's Gifts muscle shirts, like shirts with muscles on them. And, and you guys and were talking. Fake ta- tattoos and whatnot. And you guys were talking about the chemistry between the lead actors again, the romantic chemistry. Well, well my, my question question was who wrote the dialogue for their love scenes because they they come off very wooden like there's no real emotion to it it's almost like a talk to b b responds to a a will respond to b b responds somewhat with a physical touch it's yeah, just, I, i'm checking imdb and it's the same person who wrote the uh romantic dialogue in the phantom menace hmm. okay that makes sense and it gets no i'm, I'm joking okay it's, i was about to say it, that would make such similar, sense yeah hayden christensen and uh dally portman kind of a I similar mean, vibe between these two for all we know 
Ed Norton was trying to ad lib this shit with them for Buddy, and everyone's like, I don't know, this just sucks. I don't know. I can just tell, like, and I'm sure I'm just reading into it after the fact, but it certainly seems like two people who didn't particularly care for one another on set. Yeah, but well, not just uh, that. But it, I know, I know, it's hard to say that. And uh, again, Liv Tyler is not fucking. <laughs> you know, she's not this amazing actress. I'm sorry, I hate to keep saying she's, that. I, I think that I feel the, like she, even she could do better if she had some more chemistry with somebody. Right. Well, sure, yeah. No, when they have chemistry, that it, it'll definitely project on the screen. They don't have chemistry, so it's not coming through on the, the film. The dialogue isn't great. I think that Ed Norton is selling the dialogue. I think that he's he, he feels more like the lead, and she's following like his. Yeah, he 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 feels like he's trying to bring life to some dead material, and she's just not carrying. And her lots weight of at really all. weird pauses. Yeah, oh, there's some weird, just bizarre pauses, and then next scene transitions in this movie. I, I don't know. There's something very strange. About and like it. I said, kind of, she feels like she's sleepwalking through this movie. Yeah, yeah a little yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, like I said, but again, that, I, and, I don't like, know how much of that is just lift time. No, I mean, well, no. My my my, my biggest though. issue is they could have interjected a little comedy. They tried to with a. They tried I can't get. To. I can't get too excited. Where I told you, premature oh, ejaculate. You, you, you may want to say what happens in that. Okay, scene. well, Bruce, Bruce, she and cut, Betty they, are in bed. They they try to have a sex scene. They're, yeah, they're getting kind of hot and heated. They start making out. Uh, Frank did uh, disclose he found her legs very sensual. Yeah, she had lovely legs. Yes. Lovely legs. Love Tyler. Come on, man. Yeah, and and they're getting heated up. And of course, he has the watch that's beeping faster and faster and faster. And he's getting worked up. And he says, you know, we have to stop. I can't. I can't get excited. I myself would have thrown a comedy scene in there where he prematures and it goes like like Max said it speeds up and then it starts to slow down you know what <laughs> people laugh holes, yeah. people laugh it's it's one of those it's it's almost reminding me of a moment like from Ragnarok where it's like a real a weird oh, oh, okay best one is uh, Avengers where Hulk and Thor sitting there next to each other after bringing down the giant creature and then the Hulk smashes Thor and knocks him down like that shit was funny it catches you off guard you don't expect that it's funny people laugh react to it or when Hulk smashes Loki on the ground those those are great Hulk moments that are comedic but still within character and that would have been comedic they, within they, character still yeah, they missed an opportunity yeah I, I'm very disappointed with that and, and, there's no humor in this movie it, it everything seems so heavy it's like it's action and it's heavy drama and I'm like let's put a little uh, what do you call it, uh, levity into it let's, no, yeah, well, it, 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 they haven't like, found the Marvel formula yet they haven't got that, yeah. that oh, that's a very good yeah. point that's a very good point it's like, it's like Ed Norton's like okay I'm supposed to be funny here but also I need to be funny as somebody who was beaten by his father and has been on the run for years so I have to deliver I have to deliver the funny line like I'm a tormented soul who never had and it's like dude just fucking lighten up yeah. you know what I mean lighten up a little bit but it just bit. like I, said, I, I, I sound I now realize what people say when when you have a movie especially the Marvel movies when you have all this drama stuff and you have a little comedy that lighten up the moment kind of you know cleanse the palate Jim Starlin oh yeah, oh yeah oh yeah that's right yeah. it cleanses the palate gets you ready for the next scene and this is just like they're shoveling it in and you're just kind of like I, I need a break for a minute like even the action is fine but it's not enough of a break for me to like kind of reset and get ready for the well, next and thing. also the whole sequence with them in the cave in the rain which looked terrible it, which fuck well it's funny because i just got yeah. finished defending the the daylight sequence and then they switch to the night and it's fucking it total rubbery. rubber total fucking action figure getting sprayed with the water hose stuff awful looking no the interaction they did uh, it just it literally, i, I, I still feel like an action figure looking like an action figure that's been like partially melted in a microwave it just really was shiny fake. super shiny yeah. well like i said he doesn't feel like the hulk because she is literally chest high that doesn't make me feel any better about him being the hulk like i think of the hulk and i think of a colossus colossus should be chest high to the hulk so that means the hulk should be that massive so this chick should be belly button at best like he should be massive he should be this yeah, massive but, hulk. but later on when they're sitting next to each other he looks that yeah he did look He's bigger huge. yeah you could when see sitting because when they're sitting his legs and his knees i did notice her body length was almost like the to length the of knee. his yeah yeah and i i, I didn't want to say no 
him at that moment, but I was like, fuck, that looks off. Because, like, he's crouched down sitting. She's sitting next to him. His knee's coming to her chest, meaning, okay, there's all of a sudden, there's a huge difference in height. So, yeah. But, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not gonna blast the movie for that. But it just feels like, you know, let's make the Hulk cult. Well, I, I, what I will blast for, though, is, like, there's a whole scene there where they go to the cave, and he, he lays her down, and she wakes up, and he shouts at the thunder oh, and yeah, lightning. Yeah. And then they're sitting together, and then they lay down together, and then the next morning they wake up, and Bruce is back and Hulk is gone. It's like, why is that a whole fucking scene? Why why are we spending like minutes on this? I didn't even think about that. You know, sure. they could have just, they land, he lays her down, and then it's the next morning and he's Banner and she wakes up and she finds Banner again. And we, why do we need that whole fucking scene? You know, it's just, the to pacing show off the is monster? funky. I, I, maybe that if was anything, the use, the, use those minutes for Betty and Bruce or something. No, or, no less. I think, yeah. I think this movie just needed to chop out as much yeah. of the human element as possible and stick with the action because it's doing the action well the human stuff not well yeah some goddamn humor okay so where did we leave off uh on our little recap I think I know. After Tim Roth gets his super healing on, he decides that he's just not powerful enough. What was he they deteriorating? Gave, well, they, they gave him another shot of their bullshit super soldier serum. He started having like, you know, uh, weird spine things happening and going S- pale and just getting kind of creepy looking. Scoliosis is fuck. Yeah. And so he was kind of freaking out, getting sweaty, all that kind of bullshit like that. Meanwhile, we find out that Mr. Blue is uh, actually Samuel Stern a doctor at yet another university because everybody in this fucking movie is a doctor at a university or in the military one of the two so Stearns thinks he may have a cure they attempt the cure Banner becomes Hulk on an operating table Betty's able to climb on his chest and chill him out uh, it appears that he may be cured the military shows up though shoots Banner with a trank oh you're skipping a huge part where they're ta- where uh, Dr. Blue or Mr. Blue's telling him how he's created multiple versions of his radiation blood for testing and how he sees it as a cure for sickness and all these they great see things. all these applications yeah. for the gamma positive blood sample that he was able yeah. to replicate after Banner sent it to him. And yeah. Banner's freaking the fuck out saying, no, they just want to make another weapon. Yeah, that we, we haven't figured out how to cure this. Even if we do have a cure, any, like, having an army of Hulks would be horrific. We've got to destroy all this shit and they're arguing about it. When the military tranks Banner and uh, comes to cart them away, after they're carted away, in the same helicopter well, no, they're not no. even handcuffed, are they? Well, no, no, no. Well, he's, what, he's handcuffed. He's handcuffed. Okay. Well, what bothered me is I hate the fact that Ross told him, if you took it away from me, I'm going to put you in a deep, dark hole. Like, they're just really trying to make him come off as a villain. Like, yeah, he really the, the wants this weapon. About. He's just, he's so one note. Yeah. Just, it, they're overplaying him. Yeah, I, I really didn't like that. There's, he's, there's he's no not moral evil. complexity. No, he's just full on. Well, the guy who's willing to sacrifice his own daughter to get a, a, weapon. a weapon for the military is like, dude, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And you, I honestly thought if they were going to have Banner in a helicopter, they would be injecting him with like some kind of sedative continuously to make sure well, that he could. Why would he, he be couldn't. awake? Why would he be just like Hank sitting off, on a bench? Like, no big deal. What, what, what kind of pussy-ass tranquilizer was this that he's awake before they even take him out of the building? Like, I, right. none of, A lot of this movie just makes no fucking sense. Well, but, uh, they're supposedly they're working under the assumption that he can't Hulk out anymore. They've already cured him. No like, guarantee. They didn't tell anybody that. Why would, yeah, well, and like you can't determine that because you, you just tranked him and are putting him on a transport. 
passport. You have no way of verifying any of this bullshit, you know? And then they load up in a helicopter with Betty. Like, and uh, two soldiers. And Ross. Like, yeah. you're in the helicopter. If he fucking hulked out in the helicopter, it would explode and you would all die. Like, it, just none of this is... But it's because they need to have them all together. Convenience for the, of the story, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but it's just like, come on, dude. Like, well, what's... what? <laughs> and he's so, literally in, like, handcuffs, and it's like, okay. Yeah. They're up in the helicopter. Bill Blonsky confronts Samuel Stearns and forces him to give him uh, the banner irradiated blood. Uh, he, at 52%, too. I saw that on the vial. Next. He becomes the abomination, as we knew that he would. He also kicks the shit out of Samuel Stearns so that he gets knocked off the side, has a head gash, gamma irradiated blood drips into his wound, and he be- starts to become the leader. Mm-hmm. His, his head starts to swell up, and he has a little smile over it because he's pretty happy about it. I think he would have made a better gargoyle. Hey, or Modoc. I, I thought Tim Blake Nelson was fine. The thing is, it's another one of those convenient things. Part of what was nice about the character of the leader is he is a janitor. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's a particularly underwhelming, intelligently. Yeah, yeah and then, then he becomes a super genius, and you understand why he wants to lord it over people. It's yeah. just like Banner is somebody who's wimpy and weak, and, 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 and he becomes superhumanly strong. And so you've got the whole Stanley ironic or poetic reversal. And so when everybody's a doctor, it's like, well, he's, he's, oh, so he's going to get smarter? Okay. So what's interesting about that, really, necessarily? He's just going to get a little smarter. Okay. I thought Tim Blake Nelson was entertaining. I, I think that he was he delivers in a different... His, his line's great. He was in a different movie from everybody else because he was going way bigger and it, and it kind of worked. I, I think chewing up the scene a better a movie. Bit. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely chewing up the scenery but having fun with it. Also, he gets uh, some comedic moments with Betty and it's clear that the comedic stuff works better. She plays it better. It's uh, you, She's not selling herself as a scientist but no. she can't sell herself as an actor. I mean, as a person who's upset at a cab driver or uh, trying to, you know, I don't know. It just... Deal it, with her rage. Yeah, she She's in those moments she's acting where in a lot of the other moments she's sleepwalking. She's so, not acting, she's reacting. So for some reason, randomly, Blonsky rampages in Harlem that and he's no also sense. still looking for a fight because again, talk about one-note characterizations, this guy, he's getting older, he wants to continue to be a badass, he wants to fight as long as he can fight and now he's just looking to, for the person who can fight him and make it worthwhile for him. Simple, very... You know, dumb. Uh, that was a really yeah, dumb... Yeah, it's like they're trying to build up like he has some grudge against Banner. Yeah. Like, because I guess because he defeated him all these different times so he's always like, I want round three now. I'm gonna I gotta be able to time. defeat Banner. Whatever I got, whatever takes the win. When I find Banner, I'm gonna stomp his. You know what I mean? It's just like I, I don't. Okay, yeah. I guess I don't know, man. I just don't know. I, th- I think maybe they need a little bit more comic influence on here. You can really see the machinery. You can really see them moving the pieces yeah. into place just to make sure that certain things happen. But it ends with a variation on what we see in Ragnarok. Bruce has to take a header into the pavement to try to reactivate his Hulk powers. They did the same thing in Age of Ultron too. And partway down through the fall, he's like, oh shit, I think I'm going to die. Of course, he doesn't die because he's, he's the fucking Hulk. And then he has a great big fight. Now, the first thing I'm thinking is, why doesn't he try to fuck Betty on the plane first? Just to see if it, you know, that uh, doesn't mean that, That's good. what they were insinuating when she kind of rubs her foot on his. I thought she was just consoling him or showing I, that did, I agree on that one. I don't, I don't really? think that's I thought she bone. was giving him some sexy eyes and was trying to moving. trigger him. In front of her dad? Yeah, I don't think they're that awkward. And then we also see the Abomination and Hulk climbing around the buildings, which we saw very prominently in the the Avengers movie. So you can see that the, this movie has a legacy. It does. There are elements from this movie that carry on into other Marvel cinematic efforts. I, I do think it's, it's super clear, though, now that we're at the end of the movie, that that shield thing was tacked on at the last fucking minute to give it more continuity. Just like you have the big battle between Abomination and the Hulk, and then cut to Tony Stark in a stinger 
Banner that was almost certainly filmed after they'd already wrapped on Iron Man. Not a, again, not a particularly well written scene, almost entirely carried by the performances, not at all by the dialogue. I do think that the battle between Hulk and Abomination was decent, but as usual, was like way too game. long. It looked like a video game. It was way too long. I was getting sleepy. It's getting late. I'm starting to doze off. I did like how brutal it got there toward the end with the chains and the stabbing and yeah. everything. But um, yeah, that was all cool. And you know, at least they, they had the balls to at least go. You know what? We're gonna have a giant CGI guy fight a giant CGI guy. Fairly well lit. No smoke. No shaky cam. The little attitude. Was... We had the whole boxing glove police car thing where the Hulk rips the police car in half, turns yeah. into boxing gloves, and so you get to see that shatter as he's smashing against the abomination. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, there there were some cool elements to the fight, but they just. It wasn't time. They didn't have the budget to pull yeah, this off. And still very rubbery at times. They, you, you'll have moments where it looks real good, and then moments when it's not so hot. No. And, I mean, it was just, I, it was straight up a video. They went to a video game studio and had them make this. That's exactly what it looked like. Because after a while, it wasn't even like there was nothing they were interacting with that was real. And you couldn't pull it off 10 years ago. I think that helicopter was flying to Raccoon City at yeah. one point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it would be weird because they would show, like, Betty's face in the window. Right. And I'm just like, oh. <laughs> Oh, this looks real bad. This is really, really bad. There's, there's some Command and Conquer kind of elements there, too, at times. So, yeah, you know, definitely not as strong today as it was then. I still enjoy the movie. I still enjoy it better than a number of other Marvel movies that have come out since. Really? I do think it's underrated, but it's got some problems. It always had some problems. I have always overlooked problems with the movie, but I still enjoy watching the movie for the sequences that I, I dig on. I still enjoy Ed Norton's performance. I do think that he's some Sometimes doing his level best to carry the entire movie. And I do wonder uh, while watching this movie if maybe he knew things that could have been fixed, should have been fixed, that didn't get fixed. And I kind of wish they'd let him do that. So This is the worst Marvel. I was about to say, on my, by far. On my list, this is my bottom. Not, no, this, this, is, this is the fucking floor. In fact, they are so lucky Iron Man was as good as it was because this movie could have killed well, no, no, I take that fucking back. shit. It's I, not I, the bottom. I, I Ghost Rider and those bad. are probably worse, but it's definitely at the bottom those five for Marvel me. Cinematic Universe movies aren't they no no Ghost Rider isn't part no. of that no. no those were Fox uh, Tony Stark never showed up in the stinger of a Ghost Rider movie <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about dude god that would have been great though Nicolas Cage you know like Ugh. yeah no he'd be like we're building a team he'd be like let's go uh gone 60 seconds you need the uh, visual yeah so I was doing the thing with anyway uh <laughs> you no know, this is this is the worst Marvel movie period I, I will watch Thor the Dark World before this shit I will watch uh the first the, Thor this, all the Thor movies are way better than this um uh, Iron Man 2 is better than this. I mean, Iron Man 3, it may just be because I'm a hater that I, I don't like that movie. Iron Man 3 is better than this. This movie's freaking terrible, dude. It's like, there's like, it's like a bunch of nothing. Yeah, it, it, it was very by the numbers. This is what a comic book and movie is. Also, just like I was saying, like, that this end scene started, and I was like, is this the end of the movie? And you're like, yeah, this is, like, this is it. Yeah. Like, this is like, he's in Brazil, and then he's in, he's at a school, and then he fights Abomination. That's the whole movie. In New York. I, I, I mean, I don't even know how they got from place to place. They've suddenly got a truck and they don't have a truck they, they were in mexico it looked i thought and then suddenly they're in new york and then a helicopter shows up like it, this is just like a bunch of stuff yeah and then at the end he's doing tai chi and his eyes turn green i'm like <laughs> I, well, i'm like it. completely like 
like, what the fuck is going on in this after, movie? After meeting the abomination, Hulk gets away, and it's somewhat awkward transition where a helicopter light hits him and everything goes white, and then he's just gone. And then he ends up in British Columbia. He's apparently continuing to work on his uh, Hulk management, and now he's learning how to trigger the Hulk and transformation at will, which is what the big thing is at the, the finish. It's like, he may not be able to stop being the Hulk, but he's now able to better control when he does and doesn't do so. So, uh, is there a secret ending where like he right tries ending. to shoot himself? There, there's an alternate uh, scene. I think that's an alternate beginning where he tries to, sh- to kill himself, like up in the Arctic or something. Like uh, that. And he hulks out, and they reference that moment in the Avengers movie, which I thought was pretty cool. That they they actually acknowledge because the reason one of the reasons why they cut it out of this movie was because they felt it was too dark to show Bruce trying to shoot himself. But then they reference it in Avengers. the sequel. Yeah. So I thought they were gonna uh, cut they cut it out because it was gonna make all of us jealous. <laughs> You're way too hard on this movie. I don't think it's the worst Marvel movie. I still enjoy it. There are some parts there where I'd maybe want to fast forward through, but but there are certain <laughs> scenes. I believe Mac would say the whole movie. Uh, like, I'm, there's not a. I, I'm sorry because I I thought that that university scene's fucking garbage. Um, really? You I that? It's, dude, it's terrible, dude. Okay, well, and, we, we're and, gonna and the, on the that, abomination though. Hulk fight scene at the end. I thought it started out okay, like when they're actually on the street because they're it's kick, too long. They're, they're kicking real cars and you're seeing real cars tumble. I'm like, oh, that's good. And then it just goes to fucking PlayStation. 2 and I'm just like this and it does it goes on forever yeah. and again again they had the balls to have two CGI guys fighting fist like fist fighting and like doing but it just kept going and going and going and I'm like now it's just like wow this looks really bad and it keeps going and now I'm starting to think maybe even 10 years ago this looked like shit 10 years ago too I I, I don't I think that this looked, I, I, this looked it, bad it, I always. think a little too contained how are you having a fight these two bohemoths are having a fight and not a single building gets knocked down or anything like that you know they managed to fight their way into convenient abandoned area I think on the same island as Superman Batman and Wonder Woman fought Doomsday yeah. you know so you know but that just goes to show Batman vs Superman doing the same kind of shit much more recently than this Eight years later. so not a new problem it wasn't new at the time this movie was made I still enjoy it I'll still defend it there are several Marvel movies I don't know if I, I will go so far as to say a bunch there are several Marvel movies that I like less than this one I'm a huge Hulk fan dude and even I would say this is at the bottom of my Marvel movie, movie list of all the Marvel Marvel movies really. yeah dude it's it's just like dude like doctor strange is way better than this movie i, I mean i'm just trying to think of the i'm trying to think of the quote-unquote disappointing marvel movies well uh, yeah, and that's just it because we're doing these little people would say movies. iron man 2 is people generally think the consensus is that iron man 2 is a terrible is a bad movie it's the movie they reference the most but i think iron man 2 is so way better than this way movie. better than this one yeah, way 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 Be- between well, the iron o- man 2 is just way overhated and iron man 3 is way underhated the the um uh, although i do see the tide turning on both of those movies. I hear a lot more people in, in recent years. I hear it turn on Iron Man 3. I don't. I haven't heard it turn on Iron no, Man the, well, Yeah, okay. It's, it, again, it's, it's been slight, but there it has been some reevaluation of Iron Man 2 in light of its role in building the Avengers, essentially. And then, like, uh, with Iron Man 2, the opening IndyCar scene where he's fighting Whiplash, and then the end scene where he and War Machine are fighting all the drones. Some Dynamo and all the drones from all over the world or whatever. Those two scenes... Forget the rest of the movie. Those two scenes are, are incredible compared to some of the fight scenes in these other movies. Yeah, and Iron Man, again, Iron Man 3, I don't I just don't get Iron Man 3, but at least it had Robert Downey Jr. in it, so it's got to be better than this. Um, it's going to be really interesting when we get to the Dark World, because I think you really fail to appreciate how bad the Dark World yeah, but is. Yeah, it's no, actually, I, I rewatched it. It's not it's that bad. It's not that bad, because you've, still got, bad. you've still got Hiddleston, you've still got Hiddleston, you've still got fucking uh, Chris Hemsworth, You've and um, what's her name? Jane Foster's site. Natalie Portman, Portman. Kate. 
date Kat Dennings. She's hilarious in that movie. So, I mean, at least... She's already are, in that movie, dude. I just they remember got, the scene where they're throwing the shit into the wormhole and it's jumping I, out somewhere I, else. Not to, it's funny. So, I rewatched all three Thor movies not too long ago. The first one is still... This one... The first Thor movie is still better than this one. Dark World is bad in parts, but for the most part, it was actually quite enjoyable. I was shocked. I was actually... Eh, it's not that bad. It was... I, I, I think, think it's just sort of there. I, hey, I, I, hope, yeah. I, I hope I agree. I've not attempted to watch Star World since theatrical. I watched it one time theatrical, and I've well, never. Well, now, now that I, I literally, I've, not, I've, not, I've, I've watched a, a few select scenes, and that is it. Well, now that I own all of the Marvel movies, I've gone back and like watched them all back to back, like on a day just when I got nothing to do to see if I can watch them all back to back. All the caps held up great. I, I enjoyed all the Iron Mans. I thought they held up pretty good. I actually enjoyed the third one a little bit more than I thought I would. I guess I should rewatch it. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it. Not Russian. We 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 can watch that one in a few years when we catch up to the tenth anniversary of. <laughs> Dog shit. <laughs> the 10th anniversary of dog shit. <laughs> the dog oh, shit awards. So bad. So bad. I, I just, the ending of Iron Man 3 is so bad with, with super pepper pots that I'm just like, this is, Yeah, I mean, I, it did kind of lose me there, but I kind of liked some of the buildup. I did like what Happy getting and blown the, up. And, and the little kid, uh, oh, please help me. Help me. Yeah, the, well, the panic attack shit. I thought was a little, uh, I kind of, well, uh, after, see, after seeing Infinity War, though, it makes sense. Let's get back on topic. This is the worst Marvel movie, and I think there's a reason why nobody's like well should we try and make a second Hulk uh, people are even like wow Mark Ruffalo is great let's make another Hulk movie uh, no they okay. said they already did it's called Ragnarok well I think this is this is the Hulk arc that's playing out that they were gonna you could but, make another movie well but. I think your motivations are skewed I don't, I don't I, I'm sure after the Avengers I'm sure it was discussed I'm sure after Avengers when they realized what to do with the Hulk and how well the Hulk played in Avengers I'm sure there was discussions about making a Hulk movie I'm sure there was and then I think they were like why are we gonna give our money away to Universal when we don't need to do that true no uh, sure why are we going to give them a cut? Why don't we continue to use the Hulk as a value-added character? He can support other movies like the Avengers, or we can just save him for the Avengers and make it that much more special when he shows up. I don't think it has anything to do with this movie. I think it's, especially now, 10 years later, you don't think they could pull off a Hulk movie now? No, they, that's not a problem. It's just, but honestly, they're not, they just, well, they're, they're not going to give their money away. They're, they're just going to keep putting Hulk in other people's movies but, and be like the team-up movies, which, uh, and I read an article about this recently, and I, I definitely agree. There's an argument. We need maybe not so many Avengers movies, but we need more team-up movies. We need to have yeah. a couple of heroes go off and do a movie together, and I'm totally down for Marvel that. Marvel team-ups. Well, I, I mean, that's the way I... I, that's I mean, Homecoming. Wanted. Homecoming was kind well, of that, right? Not only that, but see, I, I, I was pushing my Ragnarok. anthology idea with Spider-Man. What I really wanted to do is, while Spider-Man was at Marvel, because again, at some point, he's supposed to go back to Sony. We, people kind of keep forgetting that. It's not a perfect Wait thing. until Venom bombs. Yeah. 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 My whole thing is I wanted to see him interacting with other characters in the Marvel Universe. I don't care about seeing Spider-Man in his own stories. I want to see he obviously the next one should be the Hulk team up. To my thinking, that's what you totally do. The next one is is Spider Man and the Hulk. Maybe they don't go that way, but I definitely I want to see Spider Man being Marvel team up as long as he's in the cinematic universe because that's what you want to do. You want to see Spider Man interacting with these other characters. I don't know that I necessarily need anybody else in Cap movies, although Cap and Black Widow works out really well, so they could maybe do that to a smaller degree. But I think Cap's already he got his little circle, so it doesn't work as well to throw the Hulk into a Cap movie. Hi, this is Falcon. <laughs> Although, again, Civil War is basically Captain Iron Man. So it's proven to have worked in the past. I, I just think Hulk works great with Thor. They kind of play off each other better. It's a good combination, but Hulk and Spider-Man would be interesting, too, I think. I don't know. I like better Spider-Man and Iron Man. I Peter Parker and Doctor Strange. I thought they got... Oh, yeah, that, that yeah. too. And that's worked in the comics back in the day, too. So that would be cool. Yeah. Because Peter needs like a mentor-type character. Hulk is not a mentor. Yeah. I, 
I think they played that out in Homecoming. I don't think we need to keep seeing that. They can. He doesn't have a father figure, dude. He's like this. I know, but I don't need to see that fucking movie, dude. Yeah. Okay. Oh, he needs a father. That's great. Do that off screen. I, I want to see a, another story now. I just don't see the Hulk and him working out very well. It just it doesn't play out too well in my mind. It could be. I don't know. I could be wrong. Probably not. But so. I mean, it's just hard for me to speculate who you team up with because I think the next Infinity War movie is gonna or next Infinity movie is gonna fuck all sorts of shit up. So, like, I, I wouldn't mind seeing a Tony Stark, Mark Ruffalo joint, but I, I just don't. We've think We've already we're seen gonna... that though. That's a, they do that in Avengers all the time. So you know, I, I like the energy of new relationships, new yeah. pairings. Yeah, I don't know what you do. I think I think Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is in a weird spot. I don't know. I don't. I, I don't. I, I don't but even that, know. I don't even know. Like, wh- what Hulk movie would you make? What would you do? Like, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm you know what I mean. I don't want a Hulk movie. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I love the Joe Fixit movie. I think that's part of it too. Is they're like, well, right now, I mean, what, I guess you could do Joe Fixit. I guess, in but, but Vegas, I, I, being I don't a think audiences are clamoring for a no, Joe Fixit nah. movie. I think you would have a trailer in the whole movie. He's fucking gray and in a, a trench coat, and it'd be like, what? Well, no, literally, what you do is you disappear the Hulk, and at the, again, just like they did with Avengers: Age of Ultron, you have a circumstance where you disappear the Hulk. Like, where the fuck's the Hulk? And all of a sudden, it's like, what the fuck's the dude doing in Vegas? And you have tell that, that could be your Spider-Man movie. Is Spidey's on a Vegas vacation, and there's this great big gray thug. Well, that, and that was the great, and that's and the great thing about the Fixit characters. He's not huge like the Hulk. He's actually a smaller version. He's just really smart, really devious, like very absorbed. Like I would even say self-absorbed. And he, I mean, he's a gangster basically. He's a muscle. He's more in than yeah, Hulk. But, yeah, but, but then you're not getting Mark Ruffalo, which I think is well when he when no, he turns Ruffalo back to human. Do that too. You think Ruffalo so? can still play that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, I, actually, I think that helps make it interesting for him. He gets to play it in a different way. Come up with a different angle. Because yeah, I, I mean, so. if you think about it, he's been fairly consistent in his interpretation of Banner and in the Hulk. So at some point, he might get a little bored and want to just kind of shake it up. But it's funny too. We keep talking about all these contracts and whose contracts up and who's coming back. Nobody ever talks about nobody. Is Ruffalo coming back. Yeah, nobody ever talks about. But, but I think it, part of the reason why is because he's not making any noises. I don't think he's trying to go anywhere. And I don't think he's trying to you know you know uh, he's get not making any money. threats. There was something that I thought was funny, and they were talking with uh, Brolin about Thanos, and you know because he said Mark Ruffalo was one of the main people who yeah, yeah, got him that this scene, is yeah. going to work. He's like, trust me, this is going to work. You're going to feel dumb with all these little balls all over your face and all the CGI stuff. And he's like, it's going to work. And then he says he's like on set with Ruffalo one of the first days and he's like, I fucking hate this and I'm tired of this bullshit already. And 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 Brolin's like, what? I just got here. I thought you told me this was going to be awesome and everything. So I thought that was kind of telling that uh, maybe Ruffalo does not necessarily like all of these parts of it. Now, maybe if he was going to be in his own movie though and he could be himself for more than, you know what I mean? I, I don't I know. I think it's just the opposite. I think that he's probably got the same thing that uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s got. It's like, let me do this for X yeah. amount of time in a movie, and then I'm cool with it. If you make me do this for an entire movie, it would fucking melt my yeah. brain belt. So. Yeah, maybe. Maybe the fact he only has to do it in small little doses, it's it's better. But yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah I, I, don't, I don't know how long we're going to have any of these guys, and it freaks me out. Yeah. And it takes me on a whole Captain America tangent that I don't know if we want to go on right now. But I hate that we may lose Chris Evans, and there are so many awesome Captain America stories we're not going to get. Yeah. This fucking sucks. Yeah. I still. Where, where is I'm, his I'm second battle with the Red Skull? Where's his second battle? Battle with the I Red Skull. Second battle of Red Skull. I, but they left, they left it open. They left it open. And I'm just saying, open. Th- we, we don't get any of it. Where's Baron Blood? Where? Like we don't get any of it. We, yeah. It's been a bunch of Shield Bucky shit. Yeah, true. Yeah, almost none of Cap's villains have gotten any kind none, of play. None. And, and then that's it. And now we may lose Chris Evans. And well, that was it. And it's like, what the fuck? Who, who did he fight in these movies? Winter Soldier, like every fucking time. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. And Thanos. And it's like, what? That was ten years. We wasted ten years of Chris Evans on this shit. I've enjoyed these movies. But at the same time, like I kind of wish he never teamed up with anybody. I wish it was just Chris Evans doing Captain America movies. Yeah. In a way. Sorry for that tangent. And it's the opposite for 
t- for Iron Man because we have all these years of we actually got three legitimate Iron Man movies that had very little taint from the build up to the Thanos shit. Uh, I don't know. I, I think that the main problem with Iron Man two for a lot of people is how much Avengers shit got dumped into that one movie. Yeah, maybe. But Justin but Hammer. See, but, but we had Justin Hammer yeah. and Whiplash yep. and kind of, in a way Crimson Dynamo. I mean, Black, we're still- Black Widow even. She started out as an Iron Man villain. You know, yeah. it, it all plays into his lore. Yeah, and 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 those. And now sucked. the Iron Man movies are going to be starring Scott Lang. Yeah. So that's going to be different. Ooh. Very, very, uh, anyway, these are my regerts from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We received Facebook attention from Keith G. Baker, Ali Bath, Derek William Crabb, Joe Crawford, Ryan Daly, DeBeche, Grant Richter, and Pat Sampson. We got a Google Plus follow from Richard Field. Keith G. Baker gave us Google Plus likes on Paramount Pictures and Marvel Studios Iron Man 10th Anniversary Ultimate Edition 2008 and liked slash shared Marvel Studios Avengers Infinity War 2018. Permanent Marvel Maximus followers include Anime Freaks, Anime Nostalgia, Bilson Kevich Art, Logs for Book, Bobby Blaze Medley, The Brazen Bull, Carlos Digital, Colonize, Comics Out of Contact, Constant Taylor, Count Comics, Daniel and Marie Taylor, Delvin, Darkweb slash Felix Leiter, Dummy Comics, Fair City Podcast, Guido Martinez, Hina and Sari, Hocus Pocus Comics, IG88, Jenny, JJ, Lockett's Elbow, Lyria Exchange, Mountain Comics, The Nerd Rage Podcast, Not Podcast Volume 1, Project Entertainment Network, Questionable Commentary, The Radio Plug, Retro Craptacular, Sam Chip, Stephen J. Gross, Toon Jam, Twist Isle Productions, Uncanny X Polls, Weight Loss Vid, and What's so funny? Retweet frantic ones include Ange, BS Podcast Network, Hashtag Fan Art Friday, The Irredeemable Shag, The Randominable, Relatively Geeky, Ciscoid, Talk Nerdy to Me, and Watch Full Movie HD Streaming, all in caps. Keepers of the Favorites Flame include Adam Blackmoon, Adam Ironberry, Anthony Joseph, Just Waiting for AIs to Enslave Us, Backseat Directors, Biko Django, Bill Hufferer, Bob Buster, Bobcat, Bronze Age Babies, Chris Sheehan, Chronosphere Fiction, CJ, Comic Relief Podcast, Con- Constant Taylor, The Curiosity Blog, Daniel French, Fishbonius Sound Design, Daniel R. Budnick, who added Thank You Kindly, David Fior, Doc Strange, DSRA Podcast, Dwight L. McPherson, Elliot Anderson, Ava Zarneka Art, Fairy Gold, Fire Source, Fly and Jew, The Hammer Strike, The Hoopers, IG88, Jason Yaroslawski, Jasper's Outfit, Jennifer DeRoss, Jerry McMullen, Jerry Whitworth, Jim Esquivel, John Horsley, Julia Clavian, Justice First Dawn, Kaiser Leo, Let's Chat Podcast, Lewis Campbell, The Game, Live Action Comic, Longbox Crusade, Longbox of Darkness, Lost in Time, Lyria Exchange, Micah, Max Romero, Michelle Denuse, Nerd Chatting, Nerdfix Strangers, Nethead, Nia, Patrick and Dennis, Paul Thomas, Podcast Radio Network, Poop Culture Podcast, Pop Culture Affidavit, Raphael Antonio, Randy Andrews, Retropolis Tease, Sci-Fi Element, Sean Merritt, Superhero Speak, Terrence Castingway, Tim Price, Tony Scipioni, Varangian Vigilante, Willie Yarbrough, Wolverton Thief of Impossible Objects, words and pictures and your art now on to the quite enough sayers on the wild agents of marvel blue girl episode ryan daly wrote good fighting all around kichi baker added fighting and racism fuck is it thanksgiving again already ryan daly wrote of the iron man episode spent 15 minutes writing a comment and then wordpress bullshit scrapped my words whatever good episode of the infinity war episode kichi baker wrote i'm hanging out with clint during this episode in case anyone's wondering jennifer de ross sent us a harley quinn gift dragons sexy robots and adventures sent us an agent carter gift we'll put both those up on the blog ryan daly continued here my Avengers Infinity War thoughts on the first of several podcast appearances I make discussing this movie. Fire Source wrote, Infinity War podcast, good fun episode. 108 Sage added, 
Once again, your editing magic makes disparate convos mesh seamlessly. Excellent review of an excellent film. Dirk Ashton gave a gasp emoji over Ill Max. Yeah, Frank killed the editing on this episode. Really made a bunch of nonsense flow. Fly and Jew wrote, Hell yeah, dudes. Stu Perrins added, Thanks. Raven X Fields wrote, I'm only an hour in, but why does Frank hate Dragon Ball Z? Haha. <laughs> LOL. But he loves Alien 3 and Neo-Feminism. Richard Field wrote, Saw it once today, going to see it again after work on Saturday. Love it. Resurrections Podcast wrote, I've still only seen it once, hoping I will have a chance on my day off next week. Randy Caldwell said, I've only seen IW once. Depending on weather, meaning if it rains, I'll probably go again Sunday morning, while people are presumably in church. I'd place Infinity War above Civil War. I'm fairly certain Civil would have happened regardless of Zemo's manipulations. By the way, wasn't that a rather empty airport? Where were all the passengers? Infinity was a Thanos tale. Canoes wrote, I love the Infinity War episode you guys did. It was fantastic. Grant Richter of Unearthly Visions wrote, The discussion in this episode does exactly what a podcast is supposed to do. Make me think about the discussion topic so much that I start monologuing my thoughts on it out loud. The only thing that I didn't like about Infinity War was the fact that Vision was basically just another MacGuffin. I knew what was going to happen to him going in, but other than zapping some Ultron drones and crippling War Machine, we've never seen him really cut loose. Like Ryan Daly said, he's been nerfed through all the movies. I forgot who said it in the episode, but I would love for him to evolve into the MCU equivalent of my other favorite Marvel character, Adam Warlock. Happiness all around either way. Plus, ghostly gray, white vision would be pretty amazing. As much as I dislike ghostly, emotionless vision as a long-term idea for the character, I think it's an important part of his arc. I'm hoping to see it in the movies, followed by his evolution into an even better version. Siskoid wrote, Warlock is sure to appear in Guardians 3, so... Riff wrote, I listened to the Rolled Spine episode for Infinity War, and while Frank took some aspects of this movie to some very weird and dark places, I do agree that the Wakandans could have made much better use of their tech. I saw in Black Panther they have air support and fighters. Surely they would have turrets and artillery. The blind infantry charge was pretty thin storytelling. It set up a great fight scene, and you got a real sense of urgency from it, but it did kind of stick out to me. I don't feel for a second that any of it would have changed the outcome of that battle, or would have helped the Avengers stop Thanos. But I think it would have been okay for them to say, it's close, but no, no, it's okay, we got it. We are winning, driving them back. Oh shit, here's Thanos. And now we lost. Which really is basically what happened anyway. Finally, Longbox of Darkness wrote, Vision's gonna have his moments in Avengers 4. With Shuri, Sunstone, and the newly acquired human emotion of Vengeance, he's gonna kick all kinds of ass. I'm betting Thanos is gonna get a molecular disruption punch. Finally, the Mary Marvel Marching Society, 20th Century Geek, the 108th Sage, Amy Stewart-Hale, Angel Velasquez, Anime Freaks, Anime Nostalgia, Adelon Rising, Fat Nick, Retweet Pin Please, Bone Dragon Comics, Brody's Kitchen, The Buff Geek Podcast, Canoes, Caroline Wells, Cash Flag, Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill, Chris and Bad Books for Beginners, The Cinnabud Podcast, CJ Fox, Collected Edition, Comics in the Golden Age, Daniel Blake, Dr. G Nerdologist, Dirk Ashton, Ed Moore at Teal Productions, Eric Mannix, Expellions GH, Van Holes Podcast, Felipe Alvezeo, who also said, thank you for the kind reminding, Firestorm Fan, Geeky Retro Nerd, Gloria Pardo, Goldmine Productions, Gregory Litchfield, Hanging with Chad, History of Comics on Film, Ice in the Face Podcast, Jason Handelman, Jeffrey Brown, Joe Crawford, Just in Time with the J&T Baggers, Keith G. Baker, Kevin Dodgy, Kira Volk, 
Martin Gray, Matt Stacy, Monsters and Mystics, Negro Sonic 20-something Warhead, Nexus of All, Paquita Trotomundos, Paul Matthew Carr, Randy Caldwell, Resurrections, and Adam Warlock and Thanos Podcast, Richard Field, Rob Ferrari, Ryan Daly, Sassy Animal, Scott X, Secret Wars Beyond Podcast, Son of Cthulhu, Steve Sellers, Stu Perrins, Trekker Talk, Unearthly Visions, W.C. Souter, Zach Sally, and Zena Schultz. The Marvel Superheroes Podcast is in no way affiliated with or endorsed by Marvel Entertainment. All characters mentioned and audio clips employed are believed covered under fair use, with no infringement intended against their copyright holders. Views expressed in this podcast are assumed legitimate, truthful, and solely possessed by the speaker. Stand a little straighter, walk a little prouder, be an innovator, laugh a little louder, grow forever greater, we can show you how to... Boom. Very strange.